to sell some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Model Club TV, episode 38. Wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm thrilled to be here <laughs> with my red shirt. Uh, that's red? No, well, that's like, like a red. Yeah, it looks like mauve or... Well, it's mauve. Whatever. whatever. Right. Oh, I'm an art teacher, so I got to use the oh, fancy. Boy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Because all I wear is black, and black is black. So, how was your New Year's? you have a good New Year's? Everything good so far in 2022? Just been ducky. Yeah, it's it sucks so far. <laughs> but we'll get through it. Um it's cold, it snowed. It is yes. Yeah, it's cold. It's been cold. I like it cold though. So you watch anything? See any movies? Oh, oh yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Write down. <laughs> you watched something. What did you watch? Watched a few things. Watched okay. a few things. All right, let's go. What'd I don't you know if you watched or not yet, so I won't go too deep into it. Uh, okay. I think we watched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai. I watched the first three. Okay, and so far I'm not really impressed. It, yeah, it's, I know. It, it, it's it's got know. you know the first two seasons were really fun. Yeah. And then it crazy in the third season, and it like looks like we're headed for crazy again. So I don't kind of hope they this is it. I kind of hope this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and I really liked that first two seasons. Like it was like, it felt right. Like it felt like it was done the correct way mm -hmm. and then it just went nuts and now it's, yeah, it, it's just crazy. Yes, I agree. So, right. We also, we agree on something. We're wow, starting the year wow. off. Right. Look at that. The, the wife and I finished watching the Peter Jackson epic get back the beatles oh get back. the beatles documentary i i so, can't watch that because i am not i i i'm boycotting disney plus so okay so tell me about it how, how much are you, you enjoying or enjoyed all right so i'm a beatles fan <laughs> and while i enjoyed it you know and and seeing some of the interaction and, yeah and the songwriting process. So just give the, for people who have no idea what you're talking about, what's the premise of the documentary? Like what well, the premise it of it is the Beatles last album, which was actually their second to last album recorded. Let it be. They allowed a film crew in to film them and they were going to do a TV show. They're going to do this whole album and they were going to perform it live. And, um, by the time they were done, it turned into the iconic rooftop concert, which was the last time they ever performed together. Okay. And they performed on the um, roof of the Apple uh, Studios, I think, for about 45 minutes. And um, the, the recordings from this led to the album Let It Be. But Let It Be was released after their actual last recorded album, which was Abbey Road. So if that's not confusing enough. So anyway. And it confused so, people even further. I am more familiar with the Leibach cover album of Let It Be than I am of the Beatles. So of course you are. please everyone go look up Leibach's Let It Be. So anyway, 
they had like 50 remind me to play that for you afterwards because oh, we can't play it on here hours. it'll get taken down anyway all right it's 56 hours of footage here uh-oh okay uh-oh i know where this is going <laughs> so mr jackson and his normal gandalf <laughs> fucking let's make something three times longer than it needs to be oh you leave pete alone um took something that could have been a cool i'll go so far as to say three hours okay and made it into six hours of just hey at least it wasn't 56 hours well, that's because the director's cut is now yet. So <laughs> we didn't plan that joke. That was pretty good. That was pretty quick. <laughs> so we, for the record, we don't plan any jokes on this show. And that was fast. Well done, Mr. Johansson. That was good. so. <laughs> and just like King Kong, just like his King Kong. Ah, uh, okay. Which. I absolutely just despise, except for the last 10 minutes of the film, I think are beautiful. Um, with the exception of Naomi Watts, not really acting like she's a hundred stories up in the air. And just we kind have, of we've covered around. this. Yes. Yeah. Hey, and I'm like, I tell you what, go climb on the roof of your house and walk around like Pretty that. Scary. <laughs> and then tell me how you're going to be a hundred stories up in the air. But yeah. regardless. So. Um, so the last, the end of the film. Spoiler alert. No, it's not. Well, it is, but it isn't. Spoiler alert. The oh, Beatles break up. John Lennon's gets murdered. They had that's well, that's an extended version. So <laughs> um, what they had is they had film of the entire rooftop concert. And they had cameras like down in their lobby of their building and, and on the street. And so what he did is like he did a split screen, kind of what you're looking at now or. Sometimes three screens. And he synchronized them all. So you're like watching people's reaction to this as it actually happens. And they have a guy down in the street doing autograph or autographs interviews and um, asking people, you know, Hey, what do you think did of this? People, so since I don't know anything about this, did the, did people know this concert was happening or was it no, like a, nobody a, knew like a, it was a, okay. They just got up there and they started showed playing. Up. Okay. What year was this? 69. I think January of 69. Okay. So that was really cool to see, you know, to see like people looking up like, what the fuck is going on up there? And, you know, but yet a lot of them knew who it was and what, well, you know, so that was the best five, part of it. And it could have been 45 minutes long and been done. So, um, but okay. If you had to give it a grade, Only because it's the Beatles, I would give this a C. Okay. Wow. Okay. Maybe a C plus, just because it's cool seeing all the footage. It but I can tell you, made me want to watch it when I saw the trailer for it. But I can I tell know. you, I would never I sit through it again in my life. Yeah. Okay. There's other Beatles documentaries out there that I've seen that, um, to me are much better. Like the anthology thing is, is I think six hours long and you know, it covered their career start to finish. I'd much rather deal with that 
than um you know watching yoko ono sitting there going oh wait yoko's in it do they all hate her in it well no no you can't tell they hate her no but i'll tell you the longer we watched it the more my wife didn't like her i'll tell you that <laughs> let's get her on too have you ever seen and i don't know i'm sure you have the video of john lennon yoko ono and oh who's the johnny b good dude chuck is berry it, is it chuck berry all you got to do is type in chuck berry and john lennon yoko screaming will show up and oh, it's dude. There, dude he actually showed her screaming in the video they were recording something and she was yeah oh my god so 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 it's chuck berry on stage with john lennon and they're jamming out doing a great job and all of a sudden Yoko just screams her head off in the background and Chuck Berry like looks around like, what's this bitch doing? Like, what the, like, what the fuck was that? It was the most, it's the best video. Everybody, please go look up Chuck Berry, John Lennon. Um, I think if like, I don't know, I get it. I know what you're saying. So I, at some point I, I would like to watch it, but I don't think I probably will get a chance. So you watch anything else? Wasn't that enough? No, oh. I spent all my time watching that fucking <laughs> six-hour epic. I started to keep on uh, the Peter Jackson thing. I'm rewatching Lord of the Rings right now. Why? Because it's the 20th anniversary, and so I'm in the middle of Return of the King. I uh, I have something to admit. Oh boy, I it could have been other reasons but I fell asleep at the very end of two towers. No, there's no reason. Okay. <laughs> there's no reason, which okay. did not happen when I was younger. But... So, and just to, uh, piggyback on that, if I may, and I just pulled it up <laughs> on our YouTube comments, uh, Bucky St. Bucky, um, ask, ask Scott if he can name three Lord of the Rings movies. Well, I named them. <laughs> and let me uh, pass them on. Uh, there was the Fellowship of the Snooze, the Two Naps, and Return of the Snooze Fest. And let's not forget the prequel, The Snooze It. Okay. Oh, I had right. a, I was t some kid was talking about <laughs> um, Harry Potter at school last semester. Last semester, I was like, "Do not watch that. Watch Lord of the Rings. It's ten times better." He comes up to me today. He's like, "Mr. Walk, I start watching Lord of the Rings." I don't get it. It makes no sense. <laughs> He's right. It's like, get out of here. Anyway, right. I, I, I mean, I don't think I watched anything else. What did I watch? I watched the Joe Bob Briggs Christmas special, which was what the fuck is that? What? On Shutter, Joe Bob Briggs, the comedian, he had drive-in, uh, drive-in theater, and it's all horror. It's like Elvira, like horror host kind of thing. And he had a. Uh, it was Ice Cream Man and Gator Bait. I watched. That's all I watched. I think. No, I finished The Witcher season two. Boy, it was pretty good. I, I think it was pretty good. So we'll leave that at that. Um, new kits. Anything else new? Otherwise, other stuff. Other Do stuff. Anything? Um, no. I I I will say that. Um, I, I guess I created a, a problem in the Gill household. Um, oh, no. I got our friend Paul in trouble for uh, <laughs> calling him out for not sending us a picture of uh, his dog 
So in order to make up, in order to help him make up for this, um, we're going to put one here of the dog in front of the Christmas tree, uh, celebrating the holidays. And uh, later on, we'll stick stick another one in um, because I called him off for not even sending me a picture of the dog. And uh, I think his wife hit him. So um, (laughs) she watches it with him. Got it as I. He loves to see the dog. So got it as I. Um, Bublik. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Uh, as far as kits and things that have come out, it has been a weird couple weeks for me and a lot going on. So I have not been paying attention as much as I should. But John Deary sent both of us this, right? Yes. And the company name Scott is Monsters from the Woods. I like how you say that. Um, this is Ardeth Bay, correct? Or am I right on top of things? Yes, it is. Wow, look at that. I'm impressed with myself. This looks pretty cool to go along with his bride kit that's coming out. Yeah, um, we should we'll show that again here too. Yeah. Um, because it's almost ready. The, this is gonna be a while still because he got them back to back. So, you know, he's got to do the brides first, and then he will get to this. He's hoping the price will be 175 plus shipping. And um, this is really, really, I like it too. I am going to be picking this Um, one up as well. So I think I'm going to get the bride and this. And I wasn't going to get the bride. And then I looked at it again and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) And it's like, I can't wait to put this in a box on my shelf. Yeah. Just like me. So anyway, but no, this is a really, uh, it's really nice, really nice kit. Um, What I do like about it too is it's really compact. Like, yep. I'm sure yep. it's one six scale, but it's not a huge base or anything. It does like not that. take up a lot of space. And again, that no. is a, a plus all the time now for me when something is compact like that. Uh, what I have here. Yeah. And you bastard. Cause I was going to show this too, because I really? saw this today. Okay. So this is uh, the guy that I'm on his Patreon. Um, this is Carlos Eduardo, and it was his sneak peek of his uh, Red Sonia coming out. So if you're interested, I, he hasn't put out the full pictures yet, but I really am digging this pose. Uh, he's on patreon.com slash CA3D slash posts, I think it will come up. But I think just CA3D will come up. Or if you just look up Carlos Eduardo on, on Facebook, you'll mm-hmm. find him. And I'll put a link in the description. But I'm pretty excited for that Red Sonia. That looks kind of cool. Yeah, I'd like to see the rest, but... Uh, yeah. Everything I'm, I'm seeing... telling you as just history, his female... He, like, does... His sculptures are... He did a really nice Poison Ivy, a really nice uh, Storm that are very realistic looking instead of super comic booky that I really, really like. So I'm kind... And he did the two last week that I showed from Arcane. And I'm really hoping this kind of follows that same vein. So this is pretty I'm, cool. I'm staring at boobs on a 3D sculpture. Boobs. Um, yeah, this looks, this yeah, is a really cool. cool All right. What you got from, uh, well, so, well, um, <laughs> it's always, well. he, he, you know, it's like I sent him a suggestion and like a week later he puts it out. So it's either coincidence or he likes my suggestions. Um, this is from the Flintstones, the gruesomes. They were their I, neighbors. I do remember the gruesomes. And this is an awesome little piece. And um, it's available on CG Trader. I believe it's $40. And again, before you guys freak out about it, it's it's three figures. It's almost four figures. And, you know, so 
it's $40. If you have a printer, it's probably going to cost you 10 or $15 to print it and go buy a model for $55. You yeah, can't. You can't. Okay. Now, if you have to have me print it for you, it's going to cost a little more. But, <laughs> hey, you know, it's, hey, get a printer. Learn how to print. I'll do a five uh, bucks less than Scott. And save yourself some money, you know. But uh, this is an awesome little piece. Um, so just a history in the gruesomes. I'm trying to remember what, what was their deal. They were just the Flintstones neighbors. But, but why they were, were they weird? Like, they're like an Adams family. I think it was more of an Were Adams they trying family. to do, do an Adams family thing? Yeah, I think I, you know, it's. And I don't even know how many episodes they were on. It's a good question. So pause here and we'll talk about oh, pause. That. Pausing. Oh, it's only one episode. Really? All right. So the gruesomes are a monstrous bunch. A monstrous but friendly family of reoccurring characters who appeared on the original series of Flintstone. They How are they reoccurring if they were there in one episode? Well, okay, maybe I was wrong. They they debuted debuted in '64 in the fifth season. I was negative ten. Um, the gruesomes during the show's run. Let's see. Uh, inspired by the previous Hanna Barbera monster family, Mister and Mrs. J. Evil Scientist. The Gruesomes are a family consisting of married couple Weirdly and Creepella and their son Goblin, a.k.a. Gobby, Uncle Ghastly, who is only seen as a hand coming out of the wall in the Hatrocks and the Gruesomes and a shadow in Meet the Gruesomes. They are portrayed as being the stars of their own reality TV show. Okay, huh. so there's a All lot. Right. Uh, <laughs> the gruesome. What else does Well have coming out? That that's that's it for Well. Okay, um, what's this? Dog? I'm sure Well has a way more coming out. And this is my other guy, uh, Diego, um, ah. who had been quiet for a while, but lately he's started Pop- again. He started taking my money again. And this is Hector and Kitty. I believe this is a Warner Brothers thing. Um, so this is, again, a fun little piece. I think it's only $10. And uh, again, man, support these guys. These are cool little pieces. Sure. All right, Scott, you got anything else? I do. And I think I mentioned this before. I talked to Mark Worthling um, last night, as a matter of fact. And these King Kong Thronester replacement parts are being molded now or they are molded and the molds are on the way to him and this is for the polar lights um king kong's thronester which is an aurora reissue kit and rather than the right arm hanging on the side um this right arm will is modified and will have mark's Fay ray figure um, oh awesome in the hand so he'll be driving you know with the girl in the hand and here's some pictures and I just, uh, I think it's a cool idea. I, you know, I, I don't like modifying Aurora kits too much, but between Jeff's head and something like this, this kind of makes it better. So um, awesome. This is kind of cool. And uh, I just want to say, in talking to Mark yesterday, the Faye Ray has been really successful for him. <laughs> and he gave me a number on it, and I don't want to repeat it because it's his business, but I'm going to tell you something. Okay. It was my idea. How much would you made off of a commission? It was my idea. I got nothing. I still even had to pay for mine, that cheap bastard. 
But um, no, I'm glad it worked out great for him. And um, I think those are still available too. He's he's burned through a ton of molds making those for people, but um, it's been really successful for him. him. I'm happy Mark and uh, you know what? He actually got off his ass and casted something. So early bird catches the worm. Uh, one more thing on news and reviews. We have uh, uh, Steve Riojas, our old uh, partner here at the beginning. He has a great new pumpkin head video up. If you want to see George's pumpkin head, I'll put a link up here to Steve's video. And it's over on his YouTube channel. You can follow it. It's always down below in our, like, I don't even know what it's called, friends list there. Uh, but cool new video uh, with Steve's pumpkin head from George. So check that out. That that's all I've seen. Yeah, that's it's I'm been. Sure I've seen more, but it, it's yeah. it's been the holidays. It's been yeah. to get back to work. It's you know just everything. So yep. I know how you feel. Uh, the workbench, Scott. Bam bam, bam bam bam. So okay, so I have three workbench pictures now to show since I built this workbench. <laughs> And uh, you'll see on this workbench picture on my FDM printer is I printed this. Well, you attempted to print it. I attempted to print this. But what it is, and it's made for bigger, there's a little insert you could put in there to raise up for regular size cans, but it's a can holder. It's like a cozy, but you can paint it. But this was two days and eight hours to print. And if you notice up here on top of this, I was keeping all of my spools of, of PLA and I was watching the two towers in the other room and I hear this giant crash. And what happened was I think from the printer moving back and forth, slowly made an avalanche of PLA onto the printer and it caused this giant offset in the bottom. Yeah, you can see that. And so it totally messed up the whole print right in the beginning and it was kind of obscured from the supports so it <laughs> took me two days to figure out it was messed up so i am currently reprinting it and we'll see i'm also working on something else on the uh, resin printer is it printing right now uh yep print. wait you can barely hear it that's because of my microphone the way i have it set up okay so um you well, can I see in this one where you well, were storing the filament So I'm looking at your workbench and, you know, I happen to have the same one mm-hmm. and I'm kind of wondering, well, just why didn't you store the filament on the bottom? It's there now. <laughs> okay. My plan was resin bo- kit boxes. were going to be down here on the bottom, but now mm-hmm. I am now putting the, down there. well, or that or just glue a little ledge yeah. on there. So nothing I was thinking of like getting the, I don't know, maybe put it somewhere else. I like seeing all the colors up there. That was part of it. Um, but yeah, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked really bad. I uh, fucking left. Okay, sorry. <laughs> in this workbench picture, you can see uh, my Saturn printer and my, my, mod- my building bench. But if you look near the Saturn printer, and I'll kind of zoom in on it, um, is the one print that I'm working on now from uh, VX Labs called what it is but it was a fundraiser he did and then i've spent the last two weeks building a lot of miniatures on that bench and and my paint bench 
I've done. You'll see there's something missing. I finished the baseball guys and I forgot to take a picture. So I don't have them. Uh, but that's what I've been doing workbench wise. I did pick up some mission models paint and I figured to try it out. I get some primary colors in black and white and it says it's airbrush ready out of the bottles. Um, American made paint. Uh, I've tried some of the black so far. I have not tried. I airbrushed it, but I did have to put a little bit of thinner in there. It might spray straight out of the bottle, but I really think you do need to thin it down a bit. It brushes on really nice and covers really well. I haven't tried with the white yet, which was what my, my thing is. But these are about, I think, 5 or $7 a bottle. And you get a lot of, it's a lot of paint in that one bottle versus you're, pay, you're paying pretty much the same thing for a paint pot from Citadel. But again, American Paint Company. Figured I'd give them a supporting, uh, give them a try. So I'll let people know more as I use them. But Mission Models, I think most hobby stores are carrying them now. And I, th th Hobby Town has it. They have it out in Joliet. And, or any. Really? I've seen them everywhere. Yeah. They, oh, when did a you go there? Over at Hobby Town. A couple weeks ago. Went to Joliet a couple weeks ago? Yeah. And I was, was on my way home from somewhere else. But I. Invite you. Never invite. Anyway, that's my workbench, Scott. Well, as everyone knows, I've had some trouble with my 3D printer. And I think I finally uh, I put this automatic thing on there that reads the bed leveling. Mm -hmm. So you don't Basically have to do it by hand, and it's cheating. okay. It's cheating, right? It's well, cheating. I'm going to tell you something. It's cheating. I will cheat all day <laughs> if I can print something like this. Okay. I, I agree. That's pretty cool. <laughs> now, those of us that are not into 3D printing, okay, this is a very popular print right now. It took 17 hours to print. Okay. And as you can see, it's very flexible. Now, the cool thing about this is there's no assembly required. Okay, this comes straight off the printer like this. Okay, when you pull it off the printer, it immediately just works. It is, yeah. Do you think that guy's a millionaire at this point? I, I don't know. Four bucks. I don't know what it cost me in filament. Hold on, but, it's off camera right now. All right, there you go. But it prints like this. And I got to tell you, I play with this thing every day. It's sitting on my desk and I'm always just moving it around. At least and, it keeps and, your hands from other places. Yeah. And I don't know if you can see, but yeah. there's some good detail in there. Yeah. Now this is a filament printed piece. So there are build lines and I don't think the camera's going to pick them up, but. um, Well, even like on my orc mug. I put it. But, oh, but just okay. the fact that this is just moves like this right off the printer is amazing to me. So this is also, and I mean, you on the teeth, you can see the lines, but on the skull part, it's really hard to see those lines. And there's another setting. We could print them finer and yeah. see them less. Yeah. But So I just wanted to print this thing just because. And uh, I had this, I was printing everything in blue, but I had this silver I'd try out or this gray. And um, yeah, I love it. I can't cool. listen. It looks cool. Even when we did it, we're doing our interview in a little bit. 
And while he was talking, I was like fidgeting with this thing. <laughs> it's so, your little like, fidget. You need one of those. It's awesome. It's awesome. So um, cool. I'm glad you got I it worked I've out. Got the, I've got the printer dialed in pretty good now. Uh, um, any movement on the duck? No, I, you know, I just haven't got back to 3D printing. I fixed Tony's motherboard this weekend. So I got that off my plate. Um, any movement on the big Galuna? No, uh, neither. But that's hopefully the next stuff that's on the docket because I want to just start getting my 3D printing going again. Yeah, I should be getting, uh, I, I'm like all caught up with all my bullshit. So it's, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Hopefully, I can get to work up there. And uh... well, that's like I just I just started building all those miniatures. I'm trying to just get everything built and get all these boxes just gone and put them all in like because I have like magnetic trays. I'm gonna do it, but I want to just get all this stuff done. I got I had to do a project for my brother. I had to do the baseball guys. I had to do something else for somebody else, and it's like I just want my time back. And I think I'm at that point. And then not, and then being sick didn't help. And now there's some other stuff going on. So it's just been, it's, you know, I don't want to sound like we're complaining, but it's been busy and stupid. Um, our guest today, Scott, is Eric Askew. And Eric reached out to us after our last big 3D printing episode. He wanted to like talk about some stuff, some safety and some stuff he's working on and how to use ZBrush. This is a, deeper dive than we did before and there is a lot of really good just kind of information in there it is very informative i think if you sit and if you sit and watch um there's some really cool stuff great sculptor noses zbrush back and forth he's worked on a ton of stuff some of the other pictures he showed me before uh and it was a i think very informative interview and scott before we move on anything you want to say no, other than this is really 3D printing involved. Yes. And for the fans of the show that are not that interested, this portion of the show might not be for you. I never want to say don't watch it because <laughs> we want to watch no, it. No, we want everybody to but, see it. But the, the, that being said, there's some very cool Garage Skid stuff in there too in terms yes. of positivity. And, and again, just more information on how these things are created and you know, what goes into it. Um, I think he thought I was falling asleep on him, but I was just <laughs> mesmerized. Anytime I watch someone do ZBrush, I'm just mesmerized. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, please. I mean, again, give it a chance. We loved it. We love everything that was going on in here and we'll talk to you when it's over. All right. We're here with Eric Askew. Our wonderful guest. Hey, Eric, how are you tonight? Doing good. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing great. And Scott, how are you? Are you still doing okay? Yeah, I'm All great. Right. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm here too, Eric. Yeah, hi, hi. I'm, I'm here too. Thanks. Good kidding. to see you again, Scott. <laughs> For those, we just had a good like half hour conversation. So we had to start oh. recording before we missed anything. So Eric reached out to us the last time we did our uh, 3D printing episode, and he just wanted to share some further information. Then we got to talking, and he has done a ton of cool stuff. Uh, Eric, you want to give a brief history about yourself to everyone? We, we have a mutual friend, Ed Bradley. I've known Ed since, since Wonderfest. Like, I don't even know, but you're probably, I think you're a lot closer with Ed than I am. So 
you want to give any sort of history or background of where you came from, what you're doing, and yeah, have at um, it. Uh, just real quick, uh, I I have I have two degrees, one in fine arts and one in computer animation. Um, I taught university for six and a half years for digital sculpting for games and film, and and while I was there, I got into three D printing, um, on the most horrible machine to work with, which was a uh, Polyjet. Um, but it really got me. It really got me started because I also met because um, I was working with Disney people. I got to meet um, through the Disney people. I got to meet uh, people like Tony Cipriano, who. Um, gave me advice on getting started um which was really amazing um and i i i used to bug the hell out of him um but yeah i did that did i did scenic work and then i learned about molding and casting and i started getting into toys and i started really pursuing that on the side and um for the last decade i've been doing uh 3d printing um and working with molding and casting people and and making products for different people and different companies different organizations um recently uh my i was doing tabletop terrain and tabletop assets for 3d printing i was selling files and my business partner passed away uh last year uh not of covid but of um uh complications he had a, a liver transplant and he ended up uh, passing away because of that um and now I'm getting back into uh, statues and figures. I'm working with uh, Ed Bradley, who is I've known long since before I got into tabletop terrain. And I'm also working with uh, George Stevenson, who is extraordinary. Um, and um, a very good friend of mine, uh, T.O. Rick Cantu, uh, has always mm -hmm. been my advocate and pushing me to pursue this line of work um, as, a, as a 3D artist. Um, and as a as a toy and statue maker, um, I've done several custom pieces for him. In fact, um, I'm hoping that he will come out to Wonderfest this year. Ed and I've already um, started lining up a table for Wonderfest. Uh, we're trying to get uh, four of my personal pieces ready for that, but we're going to have we're going to have a joint table. Yeah, so that's that's kind of like the 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 broadest strokes of of what I do. Uh, the, there, there's more. There's that, much much more. That was PolyScan. You said was the first printer you worked with. Uh, it was called <clears throat> it was called PolyJet, and it uses okay. a powder matrix. And it's basically the same thing as a uh, 2D printer. So it goes. It's like a, it's a head that goes back and forth and it, and it sprays a, a binder. It's not a glue. It's a binder into a powder matrix. And then it scrapes a layer of powder on top of it. And then the, the, it goes over with the binder again. In fact, the very first toy I did, I did the old way, which was, well, I did, the, I did a combination of the new way and the old way. I sculpted this guy in the computer. Okay. And... and it oh, was yeah. done in polyjet and then i took the polyjet i made a sacrificial mold and i cast it in uh, jeweler's wax i used the recipe out of pop sculpture um and i was <clears throat> this was before i got to meet um uh mr bruckner tim bruckner tim's been really kind but he's also kind of kind of shy um but tim i, I every time tim pops his head up i support him um because his book really helped me got, get started in making toys um but I, I think we got wax. Tim lined up. I think we got Tim lined up to come on at some point. <clears throat> I, I tried time. to get him on my on yeah. my podcast when I was doing it, and he was yeah. like, "I don't really want to." And I was like, "Come it's on!" It's taken us a while, but I think we're there. 
he's a really really great guy yeah. um and I'm an amazing thankful. sculptor like really yeah he's love his up by uh rob madison yeah, he, yeah and him and rob are are pretty good friends too i think so rob's trying to get him to come <laughs> on for us and i had but the, the yeah. reason i asked about that that printer is because uh it was probably 10 years ago now a guy who was an art student at the art institute of chicago contacted yeah. me and wanted me to paint a print that he had done of some anime so and it really drove me up a wall because he showed up with this anime figure that had all these pieces and he had it in like a, a jewel bag yeah. like a, a, and just handed it to me and it was in 30,000 pieces. And he goes, well, it didn't print right and it broke. I need you to fix it too. And I was like, what? And this was before I, there was the first 3D printed thing I've ever touched. And when I picked it up, you could just like scrape the layers off by hand. Like it was made out of like cellulose or something really weird. Yes. And I've never yes. known to this yes. day what he was, what it was made out of. So and then you, what it, you're well, describing then it just drove me thing. crazy because I'm like, here's an art Institute of Chicago art student. May, like gonna be famous artist at the art institute and i'm here fixing his stupid project that he paid another guy to sculpt and print it was just his idea and then he was gonna put it out there as his artwork and i was like fuming over it i'm like no i can't do this and i sent it back to him but what okay. do you know what that sounds like what is that 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 is polyjet and what he didn't do was he didn't uh it sounds like he didn't finalize it so this is what i was gonna tell you um when you print something in that system, um, and, and I don't think that you can buy that system anymore, but when you print in that system, the binder just holds it together. So it's almost the same thing as a sugar cube. You, you get it moist, you look at it yep. the wrong way, and it okay. just dissolves. But what we would do is we would get a, a large container of cyanoacrylate glue, and you would go through an infusing process and you'd sit there and drip cyanoacrylate grid. Man, I thought I burned every hair out of my <laughs> nose from the heat and fumes coming off that glue. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I need to be doing this outside at a respirator. And and I was just I was just so enamored and in love with the process of of having a sculpture that because this is the other thing. I coined a phrase, and I want to mention this too. Um, I coined a phrase that relates to working with a tablet and a 3D printer, and it also relates to babies. Um, and I, I want to write a Wikipedia article about it, but I don't think anybody <laughs> would give a shit. Um, we can swear, can we? Oh, a yeah. A little bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, it's called uh, tactile dislocation. When a baby is, when you're, when you're pregnant and your baby is here, it's like, oh, it's here. And the same thing with a 3D print. You work on it for months in the computer, and then it's in your hands, and it's like, Oh wow! You know, there's a there's a different there's an there's a tactile uh, uh, dislocation with that. Same thing with working with a tablet. You and I talked a little bit about that mm -hmm. in private um, because you can't touch the object. You're you're interfacing with it at a distance, um, and I that's why when I was finalizing my print, my cellulose print, um, uh, I, I wasn't paying attention to my safety, which is something we're just bitching about. And uh, and I should have been, but thankfully, cyanoacrylate is is not the worst thing in the world. So, yeah, no. as I've as had a lot of problems on... with that. <laughs> at some point. I don't think I've ever gotten it on my uh, in my eyes. I've got it on my Why? tongue before. I got it Why? on my tongue. <laughs> Why? What do you mean you got it on your tongue? I got it glue on my tongue before. I think. Oh, jeez, yeah. that sounds horrible. This guy no, is a up. safety film. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this guy is a walking safety film, Eric. 
Okay. Uh, I can't um, be the only one. Leave it in the comments below. I cannot be the only one that has ever gotten super glue on their tongue. There's no way. I, I, I'm pretty sure that my dad has gotten that stuff because he's one of those guys that he can't work on something without having his tongue <laughs> sticking out of their mouth. I don't even know how it happened. I don't even remember. Oh, well. I, I, yeah. But it's never been in my eyes. The fumes have been in my eyes, but I have never oh, actually God. got glue in my, my eyes. My favorite is watching guys with grinders grinding metal <laughs> and they won't wear safety glasses. And it's like, I don't even care if I'm home, okay? If I'm grinding something, the safety glasses are going on, okay? I, I just, because of because of the exact reasons we were talking about with the pressure pots and some of the other chemicals, I just bought a two-pack of safety goggles that I can wear over my over my glasses. And I'm ecstatic about well, these because well, since I we're also here, let's, a chainsaw. Let's talk safety. Um, yeah. Safety for 3D printing. A lot of guys and a lot of women are getting into it. We're into it. We're dipping our toes in the water. What, like, safety, out of all the things you've done, what have you learned throughout the years? Best safety protocols for uh, 3D printing and resin? Because I don't think um, FDM's a real uh, problem. F FDM does have some minor but problems, not much. but it's, it's, yeah. it's mostly due to outgas. Um, yeah. Any, this is the thing that most people don't realize, and I really wish that, that more people did. Everything outgasses. You know that new car smell? It's it's foam and plastics outgassing. Um, I mean, toxic. It is, people don't it, realize it. It's it, toxic. It, it, yeah, okay. and same thing. And you know, some of those smells are cleaners, but generally speaking, it's it's all of that stuff that's going on. Scott, have you ever um, come home from work smelling like that? Like, does the place smell like that? No, it's a dumb. Okay, it's a it doesn't dumb. smell like that. No. I don't even know how the car can smell like that coming out of there, to be honest. Okay. So, so you asked a question. Yeah. I, I will say this. I will say this. Bare bones minimum. Have a dedicated room for your printing. Please wear gloves at the very least. And, and ventilate as often and as regularly as possible. There's a hundred other things you can do. It depends on your level of, of how much you want your home to be or your workshop to be i i, I say home because my workshop is also mm -hmm. my home mine too um yeah it depends on how much you want to protect yourself and those around you if you have animals um i know a lot of people that run resin printers and they let their dogs run around and and that horrifies me because i know that the the active ingredient in your resin for a 3d printer is stupidly toxic um, they tell you don't get it on your skin. They tell you don't expose it to UVs. If you do get it on your skin, you wash yourself. They tell you don't get it in cuts. If you get it, you know, there's all sorts of, so every chemical you buy should come with, and there's another acronym for it, but it used to be called a, sa a safety material data sheet. I know a lot of people that work with chemicals that don't bother reading those and it's bad news. It's it's bad news if you if you ingest it and force yourself to vomit and it says don't do that, you've <laughs> just made the situation worse. It's like, oh, I'm on fire. Let me pour gasoline on this and put it out. <laughs> More gasoline should make it go out. Just great. I, I, I worry about this stuff because when I was teaching, I had I had just finished going to Reynolds Advanced Materials and picking up uh clays and some new resin and i was inspecting some some silicone that i wanted to use i had asked the the 
supplier about it. Um, is there any food grade silicone? Because I had, you know, people talking to me about things related to that. And no less than a week later, I had students make a chocolate mold or a mold for making chocolate with some off-brand silicone. They didn't read the safety material data sheet. <laughs> and what was worse was is that they didn't know that on the market there was only three known food-safe silicones at that time that were being sold. And I was just like, you guys are going to poison somebody and you're going to lose everything you ever care about. <laughs> True. I, I have to sidetrack here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. No. I, I didn't mean to go on such a long rant about have something you ever that seen, bothers though, me. Have you ever but, seen, Jason, you can edit this out. But have you ever seen, and there were ads on this at one point on Facebook even, I think, the people that would mold their buttholes Oh yeah, make and turn them into chocolate. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, first of all, okay, no matter what you do, see, and this doesn't matter, to Jason, because he eats out of the garbage and toilet. But no matter what you, <laughs> I thought do, you were going to tell me that he has a crater for a butthole. But uh, all right, that well, <laughs> I need butthole chocolate. I think I would. But the thing is, at some point, that mold was on someone's butthole. Okay, <laughs> all right. At some so point, there was no there. barrier. It's fine. It's fine. No barrier. It was butthole and rubber. No, okay. That's all right. Throw alcohol in there. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. No, no. It's fine. It's better. I can't be, talk about it, what I want to say anyway. So it, it was, it, it's, it's good to be lighthearted about shit. I, and I'm sorry that, that I get really worked up about safety <laughs> because I just see people being dumbasses. So no, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, oh. and I went outside the other day and I've got this neighbor lady and she's clearing out the, the the brush in front of her house and she's cutting trees down. And I go out there, it's snowing like crazy. She's on the rung one down from the top, reaching over her head with a pole saw. Okay. She's in mud. She's not in and I just and I'm like, I'm you just got your camera out and start filming, right? That's what I No, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I want to scream at her so bad. She goes, <laughs> oh, No, man, me scare her and she'll fall <laughs> off. And thank God her brother lives next door. And her brother came home. And next thing I know, he was out there. And I'm like, thank God, because it's like she's fearless. And and we talked about this off camera too. It is when you don't know and you're fearless, that's dangerous. It, it's yep. it's dangerous. Yep. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, um, I, I'm gonna say I'm I'm just gonna say this one more time. Please wear gloves. Please ventilate as often as you can. Everything fucking out gases. Um, yeah, and even stuff just, that says it's non toxic. Like there's there's some stuff. That, the safety solvent for AVs. I used so much of it when I was working on my master's degree. I like it bothers my skin now, and it's supposed to be non toxic. You know, and well, it's non-toxic hard. doesn't mean it's not right. And that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't. But for me, it's hard for me to use putty or anything with gloves on because you can't do what you want to do. And so mm -hmm. I always use that barehanded. But now it's just like, oh man, it it really starts to irritate my skin. Yeah. It's like built up. I gave time. you a tip though. I gave you a tip though. Mm. Do you remember? Mm, no, I forgot. A lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> I I know you have a lot going on. So so my tip was is that when when you're sculpting, if you're sculpting rough with tools. Once you get to the part where you need to detail sculpt, 
you know, get a piece of uh, cling film or saran wrap and oh, put yeah, it yeah. on there. Yeah. And then you can manipulate the surface with your thumbs and in your hand very easily. You can use your fingernails. And, and that's a technique I picked up from um, uh, the Stan Winston School uh, book or the Stan Winston uh, book. Um, uh, it's a great technique, especially for making wrinkles. And, and it's a really great way of doing this. You know, you're not the only one, though, that has... Uh, skin issues uh dermatological issues with some of these things i know a couple of different people i've talked to who have developed eczema i know a couple of people who one of one of one of one of the people in in our community who everybody would know their name if i mentioned it um he is currently going to the doctor and and getting checked out because he says he's basically got two different types of rashes and they're coming together to create something horrible. Uh, It's, it's, it's bad news. If you do not protect yourself, I will say this too. I, one of the nastiest things in the world, I thought the arsenic in star in certain styrofoams when I was getting into the scenic industry uh, was scary. Um, But the thing that scared me even more was um, vinyl. Apparently, if you use vinyl and you're doing a slush mold and you're getting that stuff on you and contaminating yourself with that stuff, it can F up your gland something fierce. And uh, apparently some men have uh, developed memories and what have you from working with vinyl and it really messes up their genomes. And uh, some people have gotten... uh, cancer directly linked to it and i'm like i won't touch that stuff oh, yeah, I, don't want the, I don't want the cancer yeah yeah maybe no i this is really yeah. scary can we talk about something yeah, else all right so what are you working on currently what are you working on what are you doing with that what are you working on and then we can hit on zbrush at towards the end here i think so um, what are you working on you want to show us some stuff yeah, you want to talk yeah about me, some me, stuff and... i want to i want to show you i want to show you the model i'm currently working on i'm trying to finish this model up um a client hired me so so this is a private client this is the best client I've got going. Okay. Um, give me a second. My software's decided it's going to save. Um, That's right. I've watched, watched the Cipriano videos. It saves every fucking minute or two. I was like, eh, well, I, I, I need to, uh, I need to, uh, I'm shopping. I'm window shopping for a new computer. Um, I'm, I'm going to sink some real money into a new machine because uh, of the things that I want to do. Um, Plus, I teach. I teach from time to time. I've got a few students. In fact, I've got a young guy. Actually, he's about my age, I should say. Uh, and I'm teaching him how to make uh, action figures. Okay. Um, and that's pretty exciting. Uh, but this is my current client piece, and it's um, it's colossal. It's a one quarter scale uh, Black Panther uh, coming in and attacking this this guy here. <laughs> Wait a minute, a quarter scale. My client, my client is, my client is pretty cool, but he's like, this is what I want. And is he, is he one of those superhero quarter scale guys that all they, they, everything has to be solid quarter scale? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't ask those questions. Uh, (laughs) I I am a, I am a mercenary. Scott and I know those guys. Okay. All right. You hire me. You hire me. I go make it. I don't ask the questions. All right. Um, but we, uh, we extended the base here. Uh, we're going to be doing, because he really wanted a secondary character, um, uh, the tree has got gods of Wakanda sculpted into it. Uh, here's one of the gods here. Um, so it's got these masks sculpted into it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, we're gonna run a we're gonna run a brass or steel rod into the into the leg here and into the tree. And I would have liked to have done more stuff with the tree, but I just I'm running out of time and I need to get this thing finished. Um, but this is supposed to be based off of um, the comic uh, version, uh, not the MCU uh, version. So mm -hmm. we didn't do all the crazy patterns. We just did some trim lines. Um, but um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna offer. Um, we're going to hopefully put this out as a proper statue for people to purchase. Um, I'm going to have a copy of this. At, I should have a copy of this at Wonderfest. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, and um, we're going we're gonna to be doing some cool stuff with this. But basically, uh, I'm going through the process now. Uh, once I'm finished sculpting this guy, because I'm not done with him, I just noticed I dorked up the knee. Uh, I'm going to be going through the process of cutting up uh, the model into pieces so that it'll fit in the 3D printer uh, that we're going to be printing with. And um, Ed's going to be painting it. Uh, Ed Bradley's going to be painting it. Um, oh, cool. For yeah. the client. I don't like yeah. So I have yeah. a question. So you yeah. say I'm, I'm sculpting this. It's quarter scale. Yeah. Okay. So this is a good question. Obviously, you know, I mean, Jason and I have printed stuff. There's a lot of things you can just shrink. You know, or you could shrink that to one six scale. I'm sure if you wanted to print it, when you sculpt this, how? Yeah. What is the perimeter? I mean, is it really lengthy to say, all right, I'm going to do this quarter scale? So, what's different than if you were to say, I'm going to do this in six scale? What What's the difference? Well, for for me, one of the things that I'm trying to teach other artists and to make people aware of is is that ZBrush, being a digital software, you can build in scale. In fact, if I, I'm going to turn perspective off and just give you an idea, this model is built in scale, and there's reasons that I'll get into this in just a second. But if I if I turn on this command and and measure this, this bar tells me that it's seven seven hundred and eight units. So seven hundred and eight units is roughly um, it's just over two feet tall. Okay, because each unit is a millimeter and 300 millimeters is roughly a foot so i can guesstimate how big this is okay what's it unit is a millimeter that's what you said. A, a unit a unit in this software is, is is simply a millimeter in fact i'm i really wish that we were taught metric because it would make some of this work so much easier um I, I I I'm learning metric and and i'm frustrated that i didn't learn it in high school but then again you know yeah Different, Not the different only thing you skipped in high school. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, there were a lot of cute girls I went to high school with, but uh, they wanted nothing to do with me, so it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah, I skateboarded and got in trouble. Um, I was I was the kid that wanted to be left alone and left to read his comic books and play with cards and so on and so forth. Anyway, the 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 to to get to the to the crux of your your question. Um, one of one of my primary jobs is engineering. People bring models to me to be engineered. Um, I engineered some models recently for uh, for George over at Blackheart. Um, I've or, I've or engineered models for Ed. I've engineered models for different people. Um, I think even I don't think Rick has given me an engineering job. Usually he asks me to sculpt something and then I engineer it on top of that. But um, <clears throat> engineering is kind of a weird and critical thing um the point about building in scale or, or or understanding your scale is is that if you reduce the size of something after it's been engineered the tolerances 
uh, between the parts shrinks, which can lead to binding or lead to molding and casting issues where the parts don't fit together properly. Uh, you you kind of have to do your engineering at the scale that it's going to be at. Um, you can go up a bit in scale. In fact, George and I have had that conversation as well, where it's like you can take it up one, you can take it up two to three scales. You might be able to take it down one scale, uh -oh. but any more than that. Rush do it. So. Yep. Yep. Okay. Screensaver. Sorry. No, I know. Um, it doesn't. I know. Yeah. Uh, my my point basically is this. Um, you want to build as close to your output size as possible because it it means less headaches um, for the next person, and that's a that's a something I take a lot of pride in um, is making sure that I set the thing up so that the next guy down the line can just go and do his job. Um, well, you just I, answered a huge question for me, so I'm I, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if that I don't even know if that answered Scott's question because no, just, that was the same looking, question. Scott no, looks he, just angrier and angrier and angrier. I'm no, no, I'm, I'm just looking at the sculpt. I'm like, I'm angry because like, wow. But um, so well, I, well, okay, I had that okay. question too. Is because how do you know? And some because someone a couple people have emailed me asking that same question of how do you know in your sculpting program how big it's going to be or how do you make sure that you line up to be like. Is it going to be one six? Is it going to be a quarter scale? And so mm -hmm. to know that is a huge thing. So, and well, I, and here's another thing I bought ZBrush last week. So I'm, I'm already, I have only to, had about five minutes to mess around with it. And when you're ready for a crash course, I will, I will absolutely. talk to you. Absolutely. Okay. The, the, the long and short of it is, is that if you build a model, if you build a model in here, it's most people, including myself, um, will build models and the scale of the model is arbitrary. And, okay. and what I mean by that is, is it does have discrete measurements. However, most of the time, this because we don't treat the software the way we would with a Maya or a Max or some other major uh, modeling package, um, we don't know what the scales are until we get into it. I learned I learned the hard way when I was getting heavily into engineering that the model had to be I had to figure out what the what the tools were in the software to get the model into scale. And the software has those tools in it, but they're not on the forefront of the technology. In fact, just real quick, I don't want to get into a ZBrush lesson, but just real quick. Um, I use a combination of scale master. I use the system up here that tells me how big the thing is. I build um, I build boxes and measurement tools inside the inside the project so that I know exactly how big a thing is. In fact, uh, I while this isn't a measurement tool, this can give you some uh, some aspect of what's going on. Come on, baby, here it is. This rod here. This rod is, we're going to use a steel rod. Uh, I don't remember the exact dimensions of the length, but I think I measured it out to 300 millimeters because when you buy brass rod or steel rod, um, I think it comes in 300 millimeter lengths. Mm -hmm. And the whole, the, the rod is um, measured at, let's double check it so I don't look like a jackass. <laughs> so it's measured at, at 6.08 units and i'm going to use a five millimeter rod so that means i've got point i've got roughly 0.5 millimeters on the left and right of clearance for this rod when i go to plug it into the model okay so i i i 
I know things that they don't teach most people because it's not necessary with this software, but I'm trying to treat this at a much higher level. So um, if you were to, now, it, will this eventually be molded and cast? I'm, I'm assuming, or the first, it... the first, the first one's going to be 3D printed only, um, because that's what the client wants. And the client's been really nice with me. Um, he's going to allow me to mold and cast it, and then we are going to we are going to sell it uh, together. But primarily, it's it's my endeavor to 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 take it to that point. Yes. So, so you could cast it. Theoretically, you could cast it hollowed out where that rod goes and stick that rod in there. Yeah. If you were to just want a 3D copy of it, as opposed to... Um... Well, I, I don't want to tell you all my plans and machinations, but... Damn you, to, Eric. To, I well, I, <laughs> it's, it's, mostly, it's mostly because I want, I want people to come at me and, and be really excited for the full thing. Um, Zinch never reveals his secrets. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know who that is. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Zines is uh, never mind. Warhammer, never mind. It, trust me, it's some kind of weird shit he's into. Oh, we have Warhammer. Hey, at, at the end of the day, what you're talking about is absolutely true, and and yes, it's very much in line with what we're planning on doing. Because I want to, I'm going to print the parts that are already printed. I want to print them hollow. I want to backfill it with foam at ten. I want to make sure that um, all of the parts have longevity and are light and easy to work with. So yes, yes. The simple answer is yes, Scott. Is okay. Scale Master a plugin, or is that in there already? It's in there already by default. They do have a plugins tab, and it just happens to be something that's a default plugin. Okay. Um, I think, it, and and I think this is what my my story is going to be, and I think this would be what everyone's story is. Is and I tried ZBrush maybe like ten years ago, eleven years, like. When it first came out, I didn't buy it, but I had seen it or got a copy, and I was like, "Oh, this is crazy! I don't have time." For I, this. I I I was just finished teaching. I had yeah. just finished teaching ten years ago. So and so, so now when you, I've opened it, now I'm it's still the same thing. It's very daunting when you look at it with just it, the sheer amount of tabs and menus. It's, where it's just it's, like, ugh. Again, I don't want to turn this into a ZBrush session, oh, yeah, no but idea. it it, re it really isn't. It's significantly simpler than it ever was. It's, it's got more options and more tools in it, but it is simply simpler. It is so much simpler than it ever was, and you could do so much more with it than you ever could. But it's, it it's, also, it's also the kind of thing where if you said to me, you know, I want to do, you know, a thing, I'm going to say you only need, you know, two percent of what's in the software and, and that's i think my point is you have all this other stuff that you're never going to use probably and you're really only looking for about five things but when you yeah, first and, open it you're like oh god damn it what is all this and and you know what and i think that that was something that you know tony nice enough as he was to say this he's like just go and get one tool and 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 you know and use your fingers a lot you don't need to buy all this crap you know most artists and, and i know this now from practice and putting in the effort most artists sculpt and design and work on projects with one tool or with, you know, the top five tools in their hands. I mean, I, I have hundreds of tools. Look at this. These are all brushes in my system. <laughs> I will tell you right now, including the one I just built, which is this thing all the way at the end. You know, I use six tools. I mean, to make this. Object and that's my point. When you pull open that window, 
there's so much there and you again yeah. like yeah it's it's ridiculous it's it's ridiculous there are things in here that i use but 90 percent of it is specialty tools that i'm going to use for one thing or another and this is a know? selfish jason question the first two brushes that you just used to make that what were they uh one was snake hook and the one i'm doing right now is uh is called uh clay buildup and these are two of the oldest brushes in the system Clay buildup okay. right and and what's happening here is, is that it's automatically tessellating because of this command here called sculptress pro this was yeah, okay. added this was added i want to say four versions back maybe three versions because wasn't sculptress a separate program by itself sculptress yep sculptress was developed by another artist and it was a separate program and it got bought out and they hired the guy i was under the impression that he worked with pixelogic to help develop more tools and more software but this is very similar to voxels and i i don't um but it's really just an automatic tessellating system for for those of you watching and probably getting bored to tears with this <laughs> A voxel is just a volumetric space, and we use it excessively in um, the automotive industry. Um, but what we have here is just an eggshell. In fact, if I crack this open and turn on double-sided, it's just an eggshell. There's no internal material. If I want internal spaces, I have to build them. Cool. Okay. So, in fact, you want to see an internal space? I'll show you something really cool. Sure. So, T.O. Rick uh, hired me for a really fun model. And um, I love getting to work with Rick. Um, Rick's a good guy. We got to get Rick on. I got to I got to get him on. Rick is Rick is one of my favorite people, uh, not just because he's so encouraging of me and my work, but just because he makes it fun. You know, he makes it easy. He's not up my butt. <laughs> So he came to me with an illustration and said, I want this. And I was like, okay, I'll make you that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's going on here? I want to talk about this because this uses, this has internal spaces and it uses some very tricky geometry. Um, now I, I was still learning about making toys and I'm still learning. I don't know half as much as, as you and most of your uh, audience know. Um, but Rick and I were talking about this and I said, well, I'd like to use brass rod or steel rod in here uh, or tubing. And we were just going back and forth on it. And he said, he said, oh, we can put it at an angle. You just make one of them shorter than the other one so that you can bend it. And we're using, uh, we used uh, brass rod because he wanted to run a wire up inside of this so that he could put an LED in the pumpkin's head, which this is the internal space I want to show you. If I take the horse... You can see gotcha. here, yep. this, this is the shaft for the rod, which goes into that bumper at the back there. And then that travels up through the body. And then there's the hole. And then the, the, there's a little tiny stem for him to sit on so he, we can make him appear like he's free floating. But that goes up into his, uh, into his midsection and then into his head. And this model's engineered. Now, I did make a mistake with the engineering, so I'm not flawless. But Rick, Rick caught it, and he said, uh, "I'm trying to frame this." He said, "It's not a big deal." Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna render this so you can see this here. Um, but he was very happy with the parts. Um, each color, just so you can understand what I'm doing here, each color is its own unique part. The tail, while it is purple, is a different part than the body, uh, and the arms are swappable. 
but this whole thing is engineered uh, to meet those those uh, the requirements. Um, the one thing that had to be cut after the fact was the base. Uh, while it was a pretty good base, it, um, it was too big for the printer of the gentleman who was printing it for Rick. Gotcha. Um, so we had I had to cut it after the fact, which is a bit of a shame. Um, so, but yeah, bringing Go this ahead. back to a garage kit thing for a second. What could like someone who's a garage kit producer, in your opinion, when it comes to 3D printing, when it comes to digital sculpting, when it comes to classical using clay, what's what do you see them as using from this to make garage kits better? To make do you think everyone's gonna be doing digital in the next five years? Do you think there's still gonna be people doing clay? Or do you really think this is the way forward? Is it the best way forward? Or is it just a tool that people can use? to produce garage kits. I, if that I, makes sense. Because of, I want to show you, because I want to show you other kits uh, related to what we're talking about. It's a, it's a tricky thing to say because here's, here's the thing. A tool is a tool. You ask any good, mature artists. Mm -hmm. You ask any of the guys at Disney. You ask any, any of Tony's friends. You ask any of the people that, that I would love to just spend a weekend with. Um, you ask any of them. A tool is a tool. It doesn't matter what tool you use to make art as long as that tool is working and for you and doing the job for you. That being said, that being said, I have adopted this tool. I started out with old tools. I have a waxer. I have all sorts of weird things. Is 3D printing going to be, is, is 3D printing going to eliminate molding and casting? At some point, yes. Is it going to diminish art? Um, maybe if you're not a good artist, or maybe if you don't care about the story that you're telling or the art that you're putting out there. I will say this though, I will say this though. Some people, some artists flex that they do it the old way. That's great. Good for you. Um, but I heard something not too long ago about dragons. I love dragons, but there's a lot of dragons being made. Um, and I don't remember who the artist was. Brilliant artist. I, I, know, I, know, I know their skill level. I don't remember their name. But they basically said this. They said, I will never sculpt a dragon because I can't bring anything to that story. I can't contribute to the progress of that story. And they basically said, I, I, that's why I don't want to do it. And I was like, I applaud their efforts, but I think that, I think that, I think that they're shooting themselves short, but it's also like, you know, you go to a show, you go to a convention and you see a dozen dragons and none of them elevate the story or elevate the, the idea or concept of dragon and, and change the, 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 uh, there's a proper word, but I'm just going to use story again. Um, then, then why are you bothering to do it? Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it, it's, it's, I, I will never poo, I will never shit on somebody that's trying. But I also think that you should best pick the best tool for the job. I used to have students who would say to me, they're like, I, I have all sorts of great stories. But I used to have students who'd be like, I'd be like, you could paint a house with a hammer. You can paint a house with a hammer. It's going to be a very different paint job than any other 
tool that you could use and are there better tools there are but if you're dedicated to doing that for some reason eric don't tell him this because he will like paint his house with a hammer next time (laughs) well okay okay so 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 you you meet a you meet a guy that builds a house make a bunch of guys yeah yeah if you meet a guy if you meet a guy and he builds a house and he tells you i built this entire house with one hammer and one saw you, most of us will say you had to work significantly harder because you didn't go and get a nail gun, because you didn't hire a crew, because you didn't use a saw, like an electrical saw, to do the job. But for some reason, they felt it in their heart that they had to do that. Eh, who are we to tell them that they're wrong? True. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm interested in telling stories. So I use 3D because it's it's fast, it's convenient for me, it makes sense to me, even though I had a long period of time to learn how to use it, do it right. I mean, I, I, I used to do this in ways that most of the people that do this now would be like, what is this black magic that you speak of? Because it, it, we don't use it anymore. Um, but... Sorry. But yeah, you know, now that I bored Scott to tears and he he wants no, to No, he yawns all the out. time. I yawn all the time. He's out of I'm shape. Old. Um it's a tool. That's really the that's the short answer. It's yeah. a fucking tool. Okay. And and if you and if you if you like tools and you're adopted and you adopt tools, you're you're all gonna get it. Cool. Now let me show you something fun. Yep. Let me show you something fun. You guys think it was so I'm gonna show you two more quick models and we can talk about anything else. So this one here is one that Ed really wanted me to do. And I, I started it, I mocked it up, and I'm playing with it. And we're going to call it Attack on Grass Cutter, I think. And it's supposed to be uh, sort of an homage to some of the stuff we see in future future models or future toys. Uh-huh. And it's basically this anthropomorphized hornet, you know, stabbing this poor cricket man through his chest so that he can steal his body and, and, and you know, lay his eggs in it. So this is going to, I'm hopefully... I can't promise this, but I'm going to be hopefully working on this for Wonderfest this year. Awesome! Um, I'm really excited to play up, play with this and work on it. Um, in fact, I was t- tinkering around with this um, before before our session. And he's not he's not fully anthropomorphized. These hands I just dropped in, so I had hands. Um, let me show you another one. Uh, uh, real quick, future. What's with it? It's it's funny. Like the guys that are Scott's age and older is classic monsters guys that are in their forties, like you, me and Ed (laughs) it's future models. Like that's our, it's, it's crazy how it kind of breaks down like that. And a lot of those guys are not interested in future at all. Whereas as you and I, that is, I, that's my stuff. That's the kind of stuff I really, really like. I I, I think I know what it is, is is that. Careful. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can only I can only speak I can only speak for me. Okay. I didn't I didn't get to see any of the classic movie monsters until I was in college. I didn't see any of the classic movie monsters until I was in college. That's why I hate um, Breakfast Club. I didn't see it till college. Well, I did I did see Breakfast Club when I was in high school. And so I, I was born in 76. So I grew up with um, I did have Tom and Jerry, but I grew up primarily with 80s cartoons mm-hmm. and somewhere along the way, anime was introduced to me mm-hmm. and I saw Akira or Akira yep, same and pair. I was like, 
the wheels have come off the yep. train. Okay. And <laughs> holy shit. Um, I couldn't get enough of it. And yep. I was like, this is all there ever was and ever will be and ever should be. And 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 I didn't become like like a, a complete, you know. I, I did become kind of a nerd for that, but because it was so um uh, I think for me it was Akira, Ninja Scroll, and Fist of the North Star. <laughs> oh yeah. When yeah. I saw those three, I was like, okay, this is it. This is where I am. And then it led me into Nirasawa and Takea, like yeah, yeah, and and Speed I, Racer, and I, Speed Racer, Speed eh, Racer. No, we had Speed Racer. Uh, yep, mm. we, had, we had Speed <laughs> Racer. But Speed Racer, Speed Racer came in second to freaking Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny because so, I teach junior high, and they're all and it's and the crazy thing is I teach it's ninety five percent African American race, like probably even more, and they are so many of them of my students are into anime. Which to me, it was always a white kid thing. Like these are this nerdy white kid thing. And it is completely the opposite at my school. And when I, and they'll say, I, oh, I like anime. I'm like, oh, you like, like, you've seen Akira, right? And they're like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's like, how have you not seen Akira? And they're talking about like, and it's the same conversation. It's like Scott and I talking where he's just like, what the hell are you into? And they watch, what is it? Like, uh. They're really into Attack on Titan, and there's one other one. I can't even think of the name of it. And I was like, that's the dumbest stuff I've ever seen. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am a complete... Because I went to an animation school, and I wanted to get into special effects and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I am a complete nerd for almost every type of film and media and movies. In fact, Ed and I were working today, and both of us were talking about how how much we absolutely loved um the thing or thing the old one not the new one the old one and we're like we're like this was so cool you know <laughs> but here's the thing is i watch a lot of the garbage that's out today like i watch attack on i've watched attack on titan i i i couldn't get enough of uh that's naruto when naruto came out because that's just, one that they're on too yep yeah, it, it well Naruto's Naruto's almost twenty years old, right, but there's still there's new stuff that's either come out because a lot of them like that, and then there's oh it's a it's the one that they're really into now. I'll edit most of this out because it's just me talking. Is that it's about a like a pirate ship almost, and the kid wears a straw hat. Yes, that's yes. all I can. I've, I've one not piece. The, Is it one, one piece? piece. That's it's one piece. I've not watched One Piece, but I I will tell you I've not watched One Piece because I could I watched the first four episodes and i'm like i really can't because the style of i know that's the thing it's the style and that's what they all love that sort of style but here's here's the segue that that you need to understand what was it when we were kids for the california for the black kids in california it was wu-tang and all of the all of the ninja movies yeah we didn't get to see any of that shit on the east coast i didn't find out about that stuff until i was in college and then i was like I bet my childhood was gypped. <laughs> somebody, somebody fucked me over. You know, it's, it's wait. You didn't have thing. Samurai Sunday by you? Nope. What? I grew up in I grew up in Connecticut. And Where I do went you to live Hartford. now? I still live in Connecticut. Never, ever, ever heard of it. I had to go. I had to go and find that stuff in college in the black market video sections, and I was like. This is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Oh no, my, we had my, like in Chicago, we had Samurai Sunday. Like, remember Scott? It was nope, 
No. The, you didn't watch that at all either? No, oh my God. No. Samurai Sunday. I'm like, I think it was channel 60 and it was nothing but old Kung Fu movies and stuff. It was the best. I, I was so angry when I found out that people <laughs> were watching that shit and I didn't get to I'll see have it. I to find a picture it, it, of that and post Like it was, <sighs> a, yeah, there was always it Kung was, Fu movies and Samurai, like old. Yeah. Trying, yeah. But it was still stuck on. You didn't see the classic monster movies till you were in college. I'm still. <laughs> Scott's. <laughs> that's still on my mind. I saw him as a kid, and it, it's like. Him. Well, okay, so so Scott, my first, my very very first movie, and my and my my earliest movie memories were. Ray Harryhausen's. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, the Argonauts. Was it Argonauts? Jason and the Argonauts. Okay. And then the first two films that I saw in theater that I can remember seeing were uh, not in this order. It's just like the way I can remember it. Ghostbusters and E.T. And Ghostbusters gave me nightmares because I was so little. <laughs> Dude, I was born in 76. No, I know, I know. Star Wars I was... came out the year before yeah. I was born. I don't want to... Don't roll your... <laughs> I was seventy four. I, I like. That's all right. I'll I've die. Seen, I remember. Guys, but I saw Star Wars in the big screen when it came out. I so. did. T- I I do remember seeing. St- I, all I remember from seeing Star Wars in the theater, I think I was probably was three, was yeah. the the trench scene. Like that stuck in my head. The first movie I remember seeing in the theater. Oh man, no! The first like movie memory I have we've talked about before is War of the Worlds. Seeing that on TV at home, that's the like my first movie memory. That's crazy. And I remember going you... to see E.T. at River Oaks Theater, Scott, right over here, and crying my eyes out when he's in the bag, like all frosty <laughs> white. And, and because behind River Oaks Theater, there's a creek. You know that little creek that runs behind the old theater? I was like, the little cow you met River, but yeah. Little, the little cow. So I go, I'm like, is, is E.T. in there? Because like, of how they find him in that little creek in the movie. And I was just like so traumatized. Anyway, that was just on the other day. Anyway, all right. What else were you going to show us? We took a movie. Um, okay, so turn. so I, I I let me yeah let me let me go. So um, so I wanted to do. I'm doing a couple of dragons. I'm I'm only going to show you one of the dragons. Um, because the other ones the other one needs to be a surprise. Um, gotcha. But I I showed this one. I showed this one to Rick. Actually, this alternate head was the one that he was like. Um, he's like, I really love that alternate head. You should put a fins on it. And then I said, because I want to do swap out heads with this. Um, and it's not going to be in this pose. This is just me building it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the software is saving. Well, it's saving. Let me mention this. These characters are set to a dimension. These are, these are my mannequins. Now, I'm going to be building a new mannequin, um, hopefully this year. But these two mannequins um, are part of the way that I know the scale of an object. Because if I'm building a 1-6 scale, this guy's going to be 12 inches. If I build a 1-12 scale, this guy's going to be, um, uh, ah, like crap. Not, I just like nine. Here we go with the math. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 12 is six and six is 12 is basically what it turns into. I, I, I yeah, I, I, so anyway, this, since I know what these are, why is it taking so long to save? Um, since I know what these are, I can basically justify everything, but I also can build a ruler in here, like a, like a, like a cube. I'll take a cube and I'll mm-hmm. turn it into a ruler and, and I'll put it at the maximum dimension and the minimum dimension. Um, oh, there it goes. Okay. So you can see the model. Um, 
so it's supposed to be a uh, and i have remember I, was, I showed these guys a style sheet earlier uh i have a style sheet that has every type of uh dragon body style so this guy is the i think this technically is a wyvern yes um so it's got legs and wings yep but i showed this to rick and he got me to put fins on it and i said oh i haven't shown you the alternate head yet so i took the head <laughs> off i took the head off and i showed him the alternate head and he was like oh that's the one i want yeah i love that. and and when i get when I when I get a when I get a surprise like that when I get to surprise somebody like that I really enjoy uh, enjoy it and this head is actually uh, based loosely it's the the base model is the one that I used to make Rick Rick's custom dragon so I made a we made a dragon for Rick uh, about seven years ago um, and he was like oh, I really love that because he's like you're you're gonna make that available for me right and I was like yeah of course man. <laughs> So um, I like so this that gonna... head a lot. Thanks. So, so I have yeah, a question we're... on your mannequins. Yeah, what about them? So you have mannequins there. Those are whatever six scale. You probably have quarter scale ones. So when you do a figure I actually, for I someone... just I just change them. I just change sizes depending on okay. the scale I need them to be. So when you do a figure for someone, you start with your mannequin. Is it a safe thing that okay, I'm going to do a human figure, so I'll start with this and pose and then move on from there how, how what's, uh, what's yeah yes and no yes and no um what i found is is that i i purchased these mannequins off of i think like cube brush or something like that anyway i purchased them and i found that they're not terribly accurate uh, right now i'm just using them as stand-ins so they're not terribly accurate so what i'm doing is i'm doing something very similar to setting up a wire mesh i have an accurate human skeleton and I take that accurate human skeleton and I use that as my wire mesh. And then I position that in the pose that I want and then I fill it in. Okay. So I'll drop on material and I'll add material to it. So I'm actually sculpting very much the way that I learned to sculpt from, from Tony and Simon and, and all the, the guys that everybody wishes they were. Um, but I'm doing it in the computer. Gotcha. And, and if I go back, if I go, if I go open up Black Panther and I go back far enough, I can grab the skeleton. I can show you the skeleton in the pose that we they, we settled on for the for the client's request. Um, I actually took the mannequin and put it in pose around the skeleton initially, um, and that way the client could see what we were gonna what I was shooting for and what what the positions of everything was. But the style sheet also had um, the the style sheet we have for it. I'll show you guys a style sheet. Uh, you're, so for those of you that are interested you can get a you can get this software called pure ref it's free this is the style sheet that i used and this was the pose that we were looking at when we set up um black panther um we ended up spending a lot of time talking about the pose and how how what the position was and what the costume looked like and and so on and so forth so i i pulled this from one of the books that i have uh, which has got it's just full of poses um it you talk to any artist they don't work in a vacuum and any artist that tells you that they do work in a vacuum where it's all just coming from their head either isn't very good or they're a liar um <laughs> everybody that everybody that everybody that's a good artist uses a shit ton of reference and or and or they are at the peak of their craft and have more experience in their little finger than i will have in my entire life um 
So, I mean, while I might design this based off of reference uh, or without much reference, um, if I'm doing humans or anything real, I am I am sitting down and I'm making measurements and I'm checking references and I'll even get up and act out the pose um, if I think the balance is wrong. Um, I, I do I do it all and and on my desk there are six six books including uh pop sculpture and uh uh bridgman's complete guide to life drawing and and even uh hogarth and uh Barat. um <laughs> all of these are books that i use to sculpt people and sculpt lifelike stuff um plus i i i go to the masters i go and look at simon lee i go and look at um i've got several books uh from um stan winston studio i can we just talk <sighs> about how good Sam- simon lee is for a minute like i i know he's insanely like i still think in garage kit world there's people that don't um respect i'm gonna, how I'm gonna, good I'm gonna pull my i'm gonna pull my desk over yeah he uh hold on a second you know you know who's you know who's i, I will tell you why he's good just give me a second Simon Lee figured out early on. That's a Simon Lee. That's a Simon Lee kid sitting right there. Okay. Which one which one do you have? That I have a lot. That well, is then... the Who Goes Monster. That was his new one. The Who Goes Monster. But then I have like a box full of other ones. And I have a bunch I, of I, painted. I, I, I hate you. <laughs> I, I have was, a lot. I, I he before he like fully blew up he he and I talked briefly and he also uh, got me some information but I was able to get the last one of uh, Gray yeah. Skull which I painted in a faux bronze that's which, one I don't have I, like that's a beautiful piece I I love I love this piece but I bought it mostly because it was one of the only ones I could get mm-hmm. um, the other one I have which I will slap your mama <laughs> is is probably one of the single best pieces he's did, that's the other one i don't have that's crazy i love medusa so yep, much that is a, and, mm-hmm. and mr bradley has has agreed to uh give me some lessons and we might be repainting this cool. so very cool because i because i do a very just... basic poet painting <laughs> Okay, so here's here's the thing I learned about Simon. I, I spent a lot of time looking at Simon's work and breaking it down um, recently, both in the past and recently. And most of what's going on with Simon's work is he he leaves it gestural, like our buddies, um, the Shiflet brothers. Yes. Yep. And and I've talked to Jared and Brandon about this a lot. And the looseness isn't what makes his work good. What makes his work good is he he could have been an animator because he he the characters are always leading with something they're leading with their head they're leading with a hand they're They're very dynamic they're very dynamic right right and because they're moving through space even when they're static objects they are superior to almost everything else that's out there and and while i don't want to crap on anybody i'm tired of the superman pose the very iconic boring i don't i can't tell a story pose um uh, i've we talked about this before on another episode where some people really what you're saying is some people like the really dynamic stuff some people like the character just standing there with their arms folded and it depends on the character for me cool what is that 
Goblin? That's Mr. Anthony Watkins. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. There's another guy. I love yeah. Anthony to death. And I pestered yeah. him and pestered him and pestered him. And I said, I want you on my podcast. <laughs> and he's like, I'm really shy. I don't have the time for it. I appreciate it. Stop bothering me. Yeah, he's Anthony does great stuff. He does, but he'll he I, I got to meet him quite a while back and he was very kind and he and I talked quite a bit, but he was also like, I don't want I don't want people I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to talk about it. I, <laughs> I it's fine that. for you and me to talk. It's fine for you know, it's fine for this and that and the other thing. But I don't I don't I'm not he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be a public figure. He wants to make his art and be left alone. And I appreciate that. And I love him like for Tony. it. But I, but I also disappointed because I think that he has so much more to offer. Tony is like that too. <laughs> Tony, Tony's oh, I, think, I hate people. I, I hate people. I just want my dogs. I, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I haven't talked to Tony in a while. In fact, I, when I got interviewed for 80 level, uh, I sent him the article and I said, Hey, thank you for helping me get started. And he's like, okay. And that was it. I was like, I wanted to have a conversation, <laughs> but you know, you can't, you can't force yourself on people yeah. in my excitement and, and, and enthusiasm. Okay, for you got to catch Tony about 11 o'clock at night to about two in the morning. We found that out last week. <laughs> I'm sleeping. I wake up and there's yeah. anyway, until hey, till Tony's having a printer problem. Oh yeah. That's you a won't whole hear different story. Okay. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think it was one of you guys that said, you know, Tony's Tony's become very focused on what Tony wants to do and don't bother him. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, I can be disappointed and still love the guy. Yeah. So let me show you this model in case you get more it. questions. Yeah. Uh, Are you ready? I'm yep. ready. Are you ready? Go ahead. So I don't, I, w I didn't really want to do a lot of superhero stuff, but I couldn't help myself. I'm going to do Mojo. And I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can have Mojo holding up, um, uh, an X-Men or, um, one of the characters, um, by his neck, like he loves to do. And, uh, I love that Mojo's, uh, moniker is one of the spineless ones, but, um, <laughs> I, I, I love, I love building wacky hard surface stuff in ZBrush because people are like, how can you do that? I'm like, because I'm a mad man and I, <laughs> I know my tools. Um, but I haven't worked on this guy in a bit. I started him and I put like three days into him and I'm just sort of like itching to get back to working on this. Um, Cause he's got those bingo, bingo wings. Yep. Some good old bingo I, wings. I, I want to work on this so bad. Um, uh, but I showed this to, to Rick and he liked a bunch of things. He said, he's, he was said, I had made some smart moves about the legs um, and he, I talked about the pose. Um, again, it's it's in an early state. I haven't really spent as much time on this as I would like. Um, That's but hot. check this out. So in here, we got a tool. I got a tool I'm going to show you real quick. I got this tool. I got this tool, and I use this with a couple of other things. And it's just a really great way to create sort of like that, that nasty, effed up, wrinkly, chewed yeah. on skin texture. <laughs> um, you know... There's one next to it. Is that it? No, that's not it. This is the other one. Oh yeah, this is fun. But I, this is one of the many reasons that I love this kind of thing because you can kind of come in here and you're like, I want to make something that just looks like, <laughs> yeah, it looks it, it looks just nasty and dirty. And I, I, I actually, um, that's the other thing. I have a friend who works in film. 
and uh, he saw me playing with this. And I told him with the new molding process that I've come up with uh, for the work that I do, where we're 3D printing, that we could create progressive wounds for applications on actors or on performers' faces. And I walked him through my process, and he's like, you need to shut up right now and don't tell anybody that you know how to do this because you're going to come do my special effects. I'm like, I don't know how to put things on people's skin without poisoning them. Poison them. You, okay. you need to get a makeup artist. We don't need to. Uh, Use um, crazy glue. The, you said it's not that bad. The, the, the Wicked Witch of the West over here, poor woman's <laughs> face is sloughing off because you use green paint full of mercury. Ah, uh, mercury. But yeah. Um, it's what grows I, the gonna, plants. I, I want to say this. I want to say this too, and then and I'm, I'd love to field more questions, but I want to say this too. I lament every time I hear some of the old guards saying that this hobby is dead, and I'm like, it's in its infancy. It it has so much room to grow, and so much potential so many opportunities and every time i talk to to rick or george or any of the guys that are supportive of me i just want to explode with ideas and just start chucking resin out the door you know it's it 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 may not be what it was when people in the in the community started it but if you if you if you don't continue to nurture it, of course it's going to fucking die. Yeah. I, I really think it's in a cocoon stage. Like it, it, there's some really cool stuff happening and I think well, if people keep doing it. So that leads me to a couple things. And that is one thing I, I'll say is as far as George Stevenson, George is very adaptable in oh, that yeah. he's gone from the rubber mold garage kit guy to vinyl and he did this then he went to the big life-size heads then he went to this miniature show and he saw that stuff and was like hey that's a whole different market so he kind of got into that and he's i think he called jason at one point about stl files and talking to him about that it's like he wants to adapt but he's also he's also a romantic he loves this stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and so it'll bring me to my next question then is um that we really didn't touch on and I don't know how much you do. So do you sell STL files or I'm have you thought about that uh, yet or where I'm, are you with that? I'm pulling back from selling ST file files. Um I had released with with the, the team of people I was working with for tabletop games, we had done a set of dragons. Or not dragons. What did I say? Dragons. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. And someone from Russia purchased or got a hold of the files and basically put them in a group with a bunch of others, a bunch of other people, and basically blasted them out there and undercut us um, right after my Kickstarter for that project was finished. So all of the residual income we were supposed to make with that content evaporated. And it was such a kick in the head um, that I said, I said, I'm going to go back to physical content. There's plenty of people that don't own printers that want content. They want good content. 
and um, they don't want to be dealing with 3D printers. And I'm going to 3D print, mold, and cast what I need to, or I will hire a molding casting guy to work with me um, and or Ed, and we will make what people want. But um, And I know that there's recasters out there, but I'm so disgusted with having my work stolen so soon after release. I know there's a certain amount of theft. I know there's a certain amount of pooling of resources by young kids to get a file, like a $20 file or a, or a $50, you know, you know, batch of files. I would have rather given it away than have someone steal it and make money off of me like that. I really would have. And it just, it hurt um because i can't fight it i can't go after the guy i can't make a phone call and 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 you know say hey wtf um it it sucks and um how often do you think that story happens well when it happened just i think it happens i think it happens more than people would like to admit and i i when it happened i wasn't the only one and my the people i worked with um we all started going and grabbing the images of the art and using Google image search, finding the artist either on ArtStation or any other number of places and saying, someone's stealing your stuff. And almost everyone responded with the same thing. I, I, I know, or I thank you for telling me, but we can't do anything about it. This person set up a server and that was, you know, had a, address in uh pennsylvania or something like that but it was routed through out, out out of that state into um into russia or into into uh um what used to be russia and um my my business partner at the time he he was retired nsa and he even he said there's not a whole lot we can do you know, we couldn't even get the server that or the address taken down. Um, and I was just sort of like, yeah. I was like, I was trying to make, a, I'm trying to make a living doing this. And I do have peers and friends and, and compatriots in this, in this community. And people are like, this is part of the business. And I'm like, well, then the business needs to change or I need to change how I do business. Um, so what do you think the best uh, for people who do want to sell STL files? What do you think the best way to go forward is to mitigate stealing and mitigate them? There's sharing? really only two. There's, there's only two ways I can think about it. One is make it so that it's stupid cheap. I mean, we're talking so cheap that you might not make your money back on it. That's the first option. The other option, actually, there's three options that I think about it. The other option is use a platform like Kickstarter, or um, there's another one that I really that I'm really interested in called um, the fundraiser because that's one I've been buying stuff. Yes, from. yes, okay. yes. I'm super interested in fundraiser, um, and I've been doing some reading up on it, um, where you basically say this is the goal I need to reach, and then I'll release the content, and after that, um, all bets are off. Um, that does feel relatively good because if you're like me and you spend two weeks to a month on a model, you need to get, you need to get your time's worth yeah. out of it. Um, and, but you, but 
but basically putting it out there and just saying, you know, universe, do what you will with it. It's a little hard for me because when we look at big tech companies, if I go and buy a piece of software, I don't own it. I have the rights to use it, but I don't own it. So they, they get to, they get to do both sides of the fence. Whereas if I make a thing and put it out there, I have all the rights in the world to it, but I have no way of uh, imposing those rights on the world. Yeah. And that's, well, that's really sucky. And, and I've tried to educate at least garage pe- kid people that are watching and stuff like that to support the artist. And I know, I know you have, and I've seen, I've seen you mention it in, in the three or oh, four videos that I've watched of you. I, yeah, I, I and appreciate over and over, you doing that. I, I try to drum this in because, um, the bad thing about CG Trader is once you buy a file, you can't buy it a second time. Uh, yeah, I remember you mentioned that too. Yep. So, you know, become friends with the artist and the guy that does a lot of these cartoon kits. Um, I've got a couple I'm getting ready to print um, for someone. And I tell him, in my price is the cost of that file because I'm going to pay that guy for that file because it's like he did this work. And if you don't pay him, it's not going to be there. He's going to stop. He's going to say, I'm not making any money. Now, that being said, I got to believe that there's still money to be made. And and I'm with you. It's going to get stolen. There's nothing you can do about it. I don't know if it's a community like the Garage Kid community that tries to police itself a little bit and weed out the guys that they know are sharing files and stuff like that. And I don't think what's hurting them the most, not that it's, it's right, and even Jason and I don't do it, is that if I buy a file or Jason buys a file, I'll say, where'd you get that? He'll go buy it. Okay. Now I could easily give it to him. Okay. And two friends doing it back and forth isn't necessarily going to kill everything. But when you got a hundred, two friends doing it back and forth, then it will create a problem. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. for that reason, I still go buy it. I, you know, and, and I, I, it's, it's like, but I think I think that the, the difference between you and a lot of other people is wait for it. You Damn. you've you appear to have worked for a living and you know what it is to mm-hmm. work for a living. Oh, I thought you were gonna say he was a good guy. <laughs> that too. Well 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 what well what I'm gonna say what I, the pe- people that have had to work for a living and know what a thing costs to make yeah. are much more it's 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 the same reason. It, okay, there are three jobs. There are three jobs or groups of jobs that i think every young person should be forced to do at some point they should do maintenance at some point they should work in the food industry and at some point they should teach done all three (laughs) i have done i've done all three but but working in the food industry i oh even as soon as as soon as i was working where i had a little bit of disposable income if i went out to eat long before 20 percent was even reasonable I was giving 20% because oh, yeah. I knew what it costs to, to, to do that work. Um, can you figure teaching? that 20% in your head? Oh, I, I can. Know. Yeah, I absolutely. Can. It's oh, super okay. easy. Cause you know, I was with numb nuts here one time <laughs> and he's figuring the tip and I told him what the tip was. And I, I, he's like, Nope, got to pull out my calculator. My tip. That calculator. is not my, my, my strong suit. I am. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. I'm absolute garbage at math, but learning how to do engineering and learning how to tip has has increased my math skills a hundredfold. And <laughs> and just 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 so those of you that that think that a calculator is the only way to do it, ten percent. It's 
it's one dollar for every ten dollars so 20 percent is two dollars for every ten dollars <laughs> you see his head do you see his head exploding right as now? soon as i saw well, your numbers i'm like i'm out i can't even it's easy 100 bucks Tw- I, is, I don't is, even want to think about dollars. it i don't want even i don't even want to yeah, see he'll crap his pants right i, I can't yeah it's like having okay. <laughs> i just can't he will his eyes say. his eyes go his eyes his it. eyes crossed and he starts <laughs> saying I, I would you like to buy rubber nipples <laughs> yeah now that I understand, that's Ren and Stimpy. Just like fractions, <laughs> okay? There's people. I read a tape measure for a living, so I can to, do that now. I can to do divide that. fractions quickly oh. and to you know. I have to look at it. All that and then it's just, not a problem for me to convert to decimal. Okay, I have not to look at it and ignore the numbers and, and count like, spaces. He just yeah. Well, you know, when when we we're talking about scale, um, I have a six inch ruler floating around here. I have I have several steel rulers. But I have a six inch and I bought it just for this purpose. Six inches is 150 is roughly 150 millimeters. I don't want to spend time typing it into the computer to do a Google search to figure out what the conversion is. I need to know it. So yeah. so 300 is a foot, you know, 150 is six, you know, uh, 50 is roughly two. I can do most of that. I can do most of that so that I can build a thing in scale and that my customers and I are not pulling our hair out when we go to three prints. This is why I'm not doing this. Right there. Well, it's you know I what can't. it is. You you learn the skill. Yeah. You learn the skill that you're going to use on a daily basis, and that's why that's why I got these skills. It's four inches is a hundred fucking millimeters, Jason. Fucking do the math from there. What? It's twenty five point four millimeters to an inch. Yeah. So four okay. inches. We're that we're done. Over we're done millimeters. with the numbers. <laughs> and okay. that's our math okay. class for today. That is our okay. math class for my year. I'm done. <laughs> it's. Uh, where can people find your work? Where can people find like you? I, you do have a small YouTube channel, I think. If you want to talk about that, yeah. if there's yeah. anywhere else you want people to be able to find your work, hire you. Um, Where, uh, most, how do people get a hold of you? Weirdly, most people find me through word of mouth. Um, I'm mostly, I'm sadly, I'm mostly on Facebook. I'm going to be getting a website up this year. Uh, even Ed has gotten on my case about my Instagram. I have been working so hard on other people's stuff that i don't have nearly as much web presence as i, I would like know to exactly how that is um in fact um when i re so so one of the models that's on my youtube channel so my 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 company my my brand is called bad tentacles okay so if you look at the website it's there it's just not there um but just so everybody knows while this is getting a slight modification that is my logo <laughs> Okay. I'm into movie monsters and I'm into I'm into monsters in general, but Cthulhu was my jam. Um and I love tentacle stuff. So bad tentacles is is you know excellent. Um when the website goes up, I will be selling I will be selling either content that I was hired to make or content that I was that I'm making for myself that other people want. Um I've actually talked to Rick about a couple of pieces that that work he's willing to join me on um but yeah bad tentacles and that's my youtube channel and okay. that's how i that's how i met eric sosa and i met i've met eric sosa a couple of times but he saw me uh ed had hired him to make a model and then it had to be engineered and then the engineering didn't work um and he ed came to me a year later and said hey can you engineer a model for me so i re-engineered it and uh, put it up on on uh on youtube and then eric said to me hey 
can we have a conversation? I'd love to meet you. You know, I was like, yeah, sure. So that's how I met Eric Sosa. Is it that devil man that doesn't fit together behind my head? Yes. We okay. re- I redid the, de- I redid the devil man and we're, and Ed wants to make a version of it where we can put glass eyes in it. So I took it so that it cuts through the, the, yeah, the he, I think he was talking to me about that too. Yeah. It's very cool. It's a great model. By the way, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I, I, I know that we want to cut this short to some degree. I want to tell you guys a story about uh, engineering uh, and, and Mr. George Stevenson. I yes, love absolutely. George, I, I love George death. He is such a great person. Um, he he came to me and he said, I need you to engineer some models. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And I was like, how did you like the engineering on the Triceratops that I did for you? And he's like, you did the engineering on the Triceratops? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, I didn't even know that. And I was like, well, I think I might have been subcontracted. And I was like, and he was like, okay. So a few weeks go down the road and I and here's the these these four models for him. And he gets the models, he gets a couple of the models in. He is ecstatic. And he's practicing, he's doing this with the model, trying to show me how it goes together. And I'm like, George, put the bottle down before you break it. And he's like, this engineer is so great. That's, I don't have to do anything. Okay. What's that? He does the same shit. He'll like hold a model up. I drop everything. He drops everything. And I said, put it down before you drop it. He did it last episode. Okay. I, I, I just, I, I love the idea. I, I, I love the idea that I'm able to do something that I think is really, it, it, it takes a lot of skill and craftsmanship to do engineering and do it well. But you're, but it is not, it's a tedious process and it's, it's, it's a headache and, and I get paid well for it. But once it's done, I'm like, it's almost like making butter. It's like, I'm happy that it's done. I don't want to think about it again. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but to see George so excited, because I've never saw him excited before, because George was very, you know, he's very, yes, he's very even. <laughs> To see him so excited about that, man, it made me feel good. I know a couple of his projects are are very secret that he has coming out that are going to be three yes. D and, and and but will people like them? Like, like thumbs up, thumbs down. Like tell us because I kind of know what one of them is and it looks really cool. And I want I want to kind of get the buzz going that there's going to be something coming out pretty cool. If you can give some sort of like just agree but with he, me or he, not, like but. he 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 did he did show off. Uh, the Uhura uh, he did a, yep. shuttle, shuttlecraft. Now, I, I built and engineered that. I don't know as if he's gotten a copy of that yet. I'm super excited for that, and I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to cry about that model um, for one reason or another, uh, both both good cries and bad cries. Bad cries for those that, 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 that it's going to hurt them in the wallet. Good cries for those people who are like, they made something that I've always wanted but I've never seen before. Um, the the last, I think I've got six models under my belt with George. The other five, the other five, I really think that some of these are going to, I, I, let me put it this way. They're all going to sell out. He's not going to be able to keep them. Yeah. He's, he's not, he, he shows up with what he shows up with. And, and you, it doesn't matter who else is there. 
if you've bought a kit from George, you need to go to George's table first because these models are going to sell out. That's that's the only way. Oh, that's, to put it. Okay, all right, that works. That's perfect. Cool. Uh, I if as for his other model, I don't know if he's going to have it at Wonderfest because I don't even know if I've finished working on it. Okay. But that one, that one, I'm ex- I'm personally excited. For, yeah, but that's a different good. story. I hope I hope everyone's happy and safe and healthy, but but partly for this channel and for everybody who loves this hobby community whatever go out and tell your friends about it. go out and share the share it with everybody I, I i think that we need more people in the hobby and it doesn't matter if you're a classic movie monster fan or uh an anime fan or a near south fan or it doesn't matter what you love or a peter jackson fan well, we, 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 we can't help the people that are going to be licking the windows. Man. Oh, you know? another one. <laughs> what is this? You're not ganging up on me. You're not ganging up hey, on me. Hey, potatoes. <laughs> That's good. That's I good. love, I, I love that stuff, but no, I want to, I have to play both sides, but, but my, I, 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 I want to say this. I want to say this. If you're, if you're in your garage and you're, and you're, and you're not, sharing this with other people um of course the community is going to continue to shrink invite people in teach people how to do it um find find maker spaces and give lectures on painting give lectures on modification ed has been losing his mind about doing a mod video where all he does is take a model and cut an arm off and then put it in another pose to, to modify a pre-existing model he already does it when he has somebody make a custom head for a model where he's like, I love the body and I love the pose, but this face looks like it's been using its face for a doorstop, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, who sculpted that? It's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's, it, 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 if, if you're sitting in your basement and you're not contributing to the community, it's, it's going to continue to shrink. And, and, I, and I, I, I'm sorry, but that's not the way that this should be. I, I think that is an absolutely amazing place to leave it at a, a very positive note. I think everybody, I, when I hit like on Instagram or anything and I put in like hashtag garage kit, there isn't much or hashtag resin kit or any of that. So anytime you're sharing pictures on Instagram or anybody, hashtag garage kit or model kit or resin kit, just to kind of get it out there. So some kids might come across it and be like, Hey, what's this? You know, it's, I think that's an awesome place to leave it. Um, hashtag it, Scott Johansson. Oh, we could do that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Let's do that. Oh going in eric thanks for joining us today this has been great uh we'll love to have you back on again do some more zbrush stuff and this has been awesome thanks for joining thank us thank you guys yeah thank we're gonna make you give us a crash course all right that was our interview with eric that was pretty cool we got to he we stayed on about another 45 like 40 minutes of just him showing us zbrush stuff so really cool reach out check out his youtube channel it'll be linked here down below bad tentacles uh you want him to work with you on some private commissions? He's your guy. He's doing a lot of stuff for a lot of people and great to work with, I think. And it, I, I look forward to, you know, reaching out to him and getting some stuff <laughs> I need figured out at some point. Cause I'm yeah, I got him set up. We're going to have weekly classes with him. Um, <laughs> and they were trying to teach me math and yeah, that didn't work. So that was awesome. Thanks Eric for joining us tonight. It was, fantastic um trying to 
Teach a fucking fish how to breathe out of water. <laughs> oh, I hate you. We're moving on to voicemails and emails and corrections. Did we have to fix any screw ups from last week? Yeah, let's show another picture of Bublik here just to keep <laughs> Paul Gill out of trouble. I mean, here's Bublik number two. And um, yeah, Paul, right. better cool. keep sending those pictures or you're going to be in big uh-huh. trouble. All right, there's our one correction. Uh, do you want to start with the emails or the voicemail? Well, let's start with the voicemail. Okay. Who sent us a voicemail? Who do you think sent us a voicemail, Scott? I don't know. Fucking probably that fucking moron that lives in Ohio, that other teacher. <laughs> well, wait a minute. There's a lot of people we know that live in Ohio. Sorry. <laughs> well, I said the fucking teacher. Oh, okay. All right. We have a Brian Clark email or voicemail. Sorry. Oh, boy. Nothing Here we go. gets me off more than listening Happy to his voice. Model Club TV your favorite english teacher i'm calling because uh well first of all the uh last couple episodes i didn't call in because you know i just wanted to see what would happen and what i thought would happen would happen scott i'm in your head even when i don't call in you're thinking of me constantly i'm there i'm that little voice in the back of your head in your brain Jeez. reminding this you on pinata, that you are not anything close to what I am. <laughs> Jason, hope you're having a great new year, you dime store Santa Claus. Dime store Santa Claus. <laughs> putting all your freaking I can see that. <clears throat> pictures of me up. Yeah, I told you I'd get you back. <laughs> Cutting and pasting me. You're lucky you didn't leave my daughter in there. Or I'd have to drive to Chicago. No, I'm at least that. I didn't leave his daughter. Do like uh, my boy said, Sean Connery and the Untouchables. You know, that's the Chicago way. Gentlemen, I hope you had a great New Year. Scott, you know. <laughs> I want to say that, uh, <clears throat> Scott, you... Uh, your personal messages to me and Facebook. Um, I find them disturbing on many levels. All right, guys. Have a good one. Wow. Are you sending him personal messages on Facebook? What are you doing? Allow me to retort. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, retort. Um, he's right in that I'm not close to him. I'm at least 20 pounds lighter. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, let's start with that. Okay. Oh, boy. Second of all, I don't buy into his, I'm just sitting back listening bullshit. Okay. No. Okay. It's taking him like four weeks to even come back at me with something. All right. (laughs) The messages he sends us. Okay are about how he's, like, watching these things in his classroom when his kids have come back storming in, and he's got to, like, scramble for the button to turn us off because, you know, of what's being said at the time. So I think this gentleman has an infatuation with me. And, um... Oh, boy. I don't I don't like... Yeah, I think he wants me. 
Oh boy. All right. And uh <laughs> Yeah. Ah, oh, it went in my head. I just think okay. I envisioned it. I, no! I think I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that recording and uh no. I'm gonna take it into the shower with me tomorrow and I'm gonna beat one off to it. And, <laughs> oh uh, boy. All right, we're done. Put that on your blooper reel. <laughs> no, that's staying in. All right. So we have our, our first email is from Todd at Escape Hatch Hobbies. Todd. Uh, hi, guys. As promised, a couple updates from Escape Hatch. The 113th scale Tony Cipriano Frankenstein's monster is now available. Based on Neil Adams' artwork created for Aurora Monster Scenes advertising and, I think, instructions. Available with the traditional jacket or Son of Frankenstyle tunic, this kit is entirely 3D printed. He'll be released in larger scales when I have time. I'm leaning towards 1 8th or 1 15th, or perhaps as large as 1 6th. Masters are printed, I just have to mold them. Uh, Stilson Green did the original box art. The one for your giveaway will go in the mail soon. I think it's on the way. So I think next episode we're going to have an escape escape hatch hobbies giveaway from Todd Paul, which is awesome. And thank you. So it just, I didn't see anything here on the door today. So, uh, I I think he sent it out on Friday. Uh, so it'll probably show up tomorrow, but we had to record tonight. Um, so next episode, there will be an escape hatch giveaway. Thank you, Todd. Uh, lots of photos and information. What can I enter? No, no, that's, that's straight up. No, <laughs> can't do that. Uh, we have photos we're going to put up here. Um, I'm also coordinating the re- release of Tony's box art Hulk and at least two scales escape hatch has teamed up with the sculptor, Michael Berglund to offer his productions including his new uh, Gigantorora Mummy Bust. Spring Hill Jack and the Heap will be available by the time you do your next episode, which I just saw on Facebook today. So those are out there. Um, the Mummy is a traditional 3D hybrid. The main part is resin cast. The snake, resin printed. Michael is the sculptor for Monarch's Fly Kit, which will be out sometime this year. He's working on a number of complementary projects that will be available through Escape Hatch. Uh, and then I have some, those will be here as well. I'll put all these links in the description. Joe Ludati's Day the World Ended is coming very soon. A bee monster in Aurora scale. I plan to release this it this Friday. So when did I get this email? January 4th. Did that come out? No. No? All right. Well, look for it coming soon. Maybe. Yeah. It did? I don't know. <laughs> All right. We'll double check. By the date. Yeah. All right. Day of the world ended. Uh, Rainer Engel did the box art and instructions. Though, so that probably looks pretty cool. And here's a preview of the page, which goes live soon. Sticking that up there. Uh, more coming soon, including Mick Woods, new King Kong, and a two, or is it four, kaiju-style replacement heads sculpted by Joe Ludotti. Also, watch for an M ambitious guillotine add-on set what would that be do you know what it would be cool if like the head came off and the whole spinal cord came <laughs> off that's yeah, very cool so we'll have some like we'll put all those links uh down below all right this is from uh peter Todd, where's the hulk todd the hulk todd oh, no, sorry uh from dan Cherney. 
Hello, Jason and Scott. I have always been a fan of the Freddy Flypogger flip-out kit. It was originally released by Monogram back when I was a baby modeler. It was the second kit I ever built, and it holds a dear place in my heart. While I have a few pieces and parts of my original kit from about 60 years ago, it is missing enough to make it an undisplayable piece. I was incredibly excited when Atlantis announced they had obtained the original molds and were going to release it in 2021, probably summer. With all of the delays in, the th- in things these past years, I contacted Atlantis in October to see if I could find out the status of this kit. The reply is as follows. Hello, Daniel. I am sorry to say we had to cancel these kits as we could not secure the licensing with Stanley Mouse, who created the characters, Peter. So, Scott, Freddy Flypogger is not happening. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, You know, I never, I don't remember seeing these kits as a kid. Uh, I know what they are. And um, they're cool. I, they're along the Rat Fink weirdo line type of thing. And I wish they would have um, been able to put them out. Um, but, you know, who, never say never. The molds are there. So yeah. never say never. Could happen mm-hmm. eventually. I, uh, uh, again, I had never heard of it until you mentioned it a couple episodes back. And I was like, oh, right. So, and then, uh, Dan, uh, Turney also sent this email. I just got it as we're recording. Hey guys, I know that Chi2 box is pretty much the go-to slicer for 3d printers. And I started with it myself. Now I use lychee slicer and I find myself really enjoying things like the automatic supports feature, which slicer software do you use and prefer? Uh, I think Scott and I, and I'm not going to speak for Scott on all of this on part of it. I will. Uh, we both use Cheetu box and that's only because that's what came with the printer. Yeah. I have, I, is that the same for you? Yeah. yeah. And if it isn't broke, I don't fix it. That's kind of, and I am, I am the opposite. I usually try and fix unbroken things. And so I have been thinking about downloading and trying lychee. I did hear the same thing that their automatic support is better than Chi2 box. Um, but I do like doing a, ma- a manual supports. But uh, Lord of the Print always releases Lychee Slicer settings as well when they do their Patreon stuff. And so I, I want to give it a try. So one of these days, I may pick that up and just try it, see how it is. But I, I have been using Chichu Box with minimal problems. I think their automatic support sucks. A lot of times it always misses stuff. Like it always misses. Well, I, and, and I think Tony always. does this too. Uh, I, I auto support. And then I go into it and add. Yeah. Yes. And but I'd like the, I would like it to pick. It misses a lot. I think it misses more than it should. But it depends it how you orient the yeah. kit. True. You know, and that's, that's one of the things I've gotten better at is I try to orient the kit so that the supports are going to be on the smoothest part of the kit. So when you do have to sand them off or do any work to them, you're not like, trying to dig in there yeah. with a piece of sandpaper or something. You're on a nice smooth area and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So. All right. All right. From David Horvath, a couple other uh, questions in here. Hi, Jason and Scott. I'm all cut up on the pre- previous episodes and they have been a great source of information, inspiration, and fun. <laughs> How does this happen? Uh, I'm ready to dip my toe into 3D, into the yeah. 3D resin printer game. I have a blast too, Dave. I, he's such a pain. In the- I'm ready to dip my toe into the 3D resin printer game and would love to see a show talking about various features of the existing printers 
uh, sort of what features designs to look for and what to avoid when comparison shopping show. It would be a great help for those of us wanting to move into this next field of modeling, but don't quite know where we are going to need what we are going to need uh, for the figure and modeling sides of the hobby. I would like to print available files up to one six scale figures, but eventually I'd like to start making my own detail parts for figures and vehicles. Any advice you could pass on would be greatly appreciated. I'm wanting to spend around $600 for the printer, the wash and cure station I plan to make myself. Thanks for your hard work and putting the podcast together for us. I hope Jason recovers quickly and I wish you both a blessed year. So a couple of things in there. I want to start with the last thing first. I did recover quickly and I want to say thank you to every single person that either left a comment last episode, uh, sent me a message on Facebook who said, you know, get better soon. I hope you feel better. And I sound a lot better for the most part, other than the mumbling. You notice you make no mention of the fact that, like, I called you every I day to did. see how you were doing. No, I was I, okay. I, I thought we wanted to keep up the charade of you hating me. <laughs> well, I do hate you. I was trying to get the passwords. No, he, Scott did check on me. A bunch of people check, kept checking up on me to the point of was like, I just want to sleep. Leave me alone. <laughs> but it felt good to know that some people actually care about me. So, um, but yeah, I still, I saw that. I still, <laughs> you watch, I'm going to die and then you're going to feel fucking terrible. Yeah. It'll be two for two. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I still have some lingering, like, congestion, but my brain, like, I can't think even worse than before, uh, which is weird, but okay. The rest of this $600, Scott, I would say get a Saturn. I watched there are some them. other options. Yeah, there are other options. For $600, the Saturn is a good entry-level machine, and I, I think you can actually get it for like $450 Yeah, now. It's, it's less. Um, it, it's a good entry-level machine. Uh, there's been a few bugs with it that generally Saturn will send you replacements if there's issues. Um, you know, we each had the motherboard issue. Tony's had the motherboard issue. Um, so yeah, yeah, know, there's been some of that. Yes, there's been issues, but there's going to be issues with everything. My biggest piece of advice is, you know, it's basically all the same technology. Start watching videos. Yep. Yep. And learn about the process and learn how it works and learn the terminology and all that, because the biggest mistake I'm on some of these Elegoo boards and it's like these guys are puncturing their um fep sheets and there's leaking resin all over the place there was a guy that posted he had the resin leak that you did and it was all down in his motherboard and stuff and he's like am i screwed and i'm like well not till you go to change something <laughs> yeah um but and jason and i have talked about this and some of these people on these boards are not real friendly and they get mad when you ask the same newbie questions and it's like, I'm like, just answer the question. Does it kill you? You know, can you imagine if a guy like David Fisher had to fucking explain his flesh tones? Like, you know, every time he did it, he got mad and said, what's the video, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, don't be a dick, but, but I, um, so I, watch, watch okay. a lot of, and the 
other words of advice I would have is contact Jason or I off, you know, on Facebook or whatever. And we'll send you a list of some things that were sent to us or we learned on our own of things to buy that'll really help you and when it comes to uh, this. We could pass it forward, pay it forward, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. You know how Jamie printed of us a bunch of parts? Yeah. I'll glad yeah. some of those things I'll send them out too. Um, oh, yeah. I think the, the one part about him wanting to print one six scale figures, uh, anything, I think the, the other ones that Elegu make like the Mars are probably, you might be able to squeeze a one six scale figure out of there in parts. But mm-hmm. I think a Saturn is a pretty good size piece right. here real quick. Keep talking, Scott. So you are at the mercy of how the file is cut. So when I say this is your build area is only going to be so big and you can't print a 12 inch figure all in one piece on a Saturn. Okay. You just, you can't do it. It's not big enough, but you know, most people split the piece at the waist or whatever, kind of like a regular garage kit. And so you can print bigger, but you have to make sure that the biggest piece of the model that you're going to print will fit in your build area. So that's, that's the best piece of advice I can give. And I'm going to, we're going to pop up a picture here of the Saturn build area, just so you see it. But like I said, you're not going to be able to print a 12 inch figure all at once. It's going to have to be broken down into parts. So this is a great spot for me to come in because this piece right here is almost as big as you can print. So this printed upside down. All right. It hasn't been cured yet. That's why I'm wearing the gloves. So this printed like this and it was still sticking in the liquid resin when I was done because of the way I had to support it, which I think was like this. So this is about, uh, you can get a little taller than this with some things uh, based on how you angle it. But this, for what you're looking for, so these are the two pieces as a female sculpture. So right now I'm sitting at this tall. It kind of like, that's how big that is in pieces. So a Saturn, I think you can get a, a quarter scale. You can pull out of there too, just depending on how it's uh, broken. That, down. That, yeah. While you were gone, that's why I explained it. It depends on the, you're, you're at the mercy of the piece breakdown mm-hmm. and how big you can print. And, and there are and- also ways to recut pieces if you want. If you want to get into that and take that STL file and break it even further down, I've seen a guy, he's printing a life-size tremor head on an FDM printer. Have you seen that guy? Like yes. The, the graboid yeah. guy who somehow yeah. broke the file down into these tiny little pieces and he's little, piecing like, them together. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know how to do that. So I'm at the mercy of, um, but, but, so anyway, so that's where the we answer are. is yes, you can do one six, um, but no, not all at once. Not yeah, it's a great place to leave that. Um, yeah, okay. When he knocks it over, everyone, okay. <laughs> Remember the piece that he dropped an episode or two ago? Turns out he did break it. Yeah, we know, we know, we know. So, so but, I think that's a great idea for a full episode, though, is to walk through all that stuff and and kind of you know we'll find somebody to come on to talk that 
through. Either that or that would be an opportunity for you to either come here or if you want to just film at your house. And uh, I don't want your COVID ass here anyway. That's right. Your wife. So, um, but, you know, so we can say, okay, we bought this for this, like these rubber mats. Yeah. Um, you know, bought this for this. Okay. We, we bought this for this. Uh, Jason and I both both bought the washing cure station. And I um, really think I, I, you have a pre wash as well. I don't. Yeah, and the pre-wash um, is really cool. Um, it, it does help as well. And and this is something maybe we could cover on a how-to. Maybe we'll do yeah. a bonus episode, yeah. a 3D printing bonus episode. Because, again, it's not not everyone is interested, you know. Um, I'll pull this out right now. Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, boy. Okay. So this is a little $26 tool. There's a 30. I don't even know. This is one of the most invaluable things in the world, okay? And the reason being is it's an ultraviolet light, really strong. So if you saw when Jason held his piece up, it's got holes in the bottom. And the reason being is when you go to cure it, you've got to have light. And look at that. Ooh, special effects. You're going to blow out your camera. So this is the most annoying thing about this is it beeps every fucking five seconds and it only stays on for 20 seconds at a time. But um, you put that over the hole on the bottom and you cure the inside. You, you know, after you've rinsed it, you may still have resin in there that needs to be cured. And you just stick that underneath there for two or three cycles and boom, it, it, it's cured. So yeah. these are the kind of things that you should buy along with the printer. That's what I'm saying. If you go for a Saturn, you have the $200 left over. You can buy some of that other stuff you need to get or get some mm. resin. All right. So, and yeah, um, that's a great, I think. And unlike Jason, okay. Get yourself used to whatever kind of resin you want to start with. Okay. I'm not a fan of the water washable stuff, but no, that did not work that, for me that are, um, but uh, find something that works. Get it to work for you first, and then uh, if you want to yeah. screw around with yeah. other resins, screw around with everything. I am the exact no. opposite of Scott. No. It's Learn try everything. Okay, try Learn everything. <laughs> What's funny is though, this is a guy that says try everything, but won't try the bed leveler. And as soon as I tried the bed no, leveler, that's cheating. Filament printer. Look what I printed. That's cheating. Okay. All right, from Scott Lookabill, we have some more three D. This is kind of tying into that. That's why I'm going to kind of scoop scoop ahead. Scott Lucabell. Uh hello. Hope you had a good holiday and now feeling better. I am. Thank you. Uh, so I was hoping to ask you a few questions to feel feel free to discuss on any parts of the show. Uh, if you'd like, broken down by sections. 3D printing. Since you guys are in the Chicago area and a cooler area, are you doing anything heating-wise for your resin trays or printing areas? Also, what setup are you using for the washing curing? Are you using the Elegu or any cubic wash and cure systems for the Saturn size or something else? So it is 65 degrees in this room right now. And I printed that thing I just held up and it printed fine. Now, I'm sure if you went on the boards and said you did that, someone would eat your ass alive and tell you you're doing it wrong. Most of the time, it's been really cold here in Chicago lately. It was like five degrees the other day. 
was 19, I think, today. So it's been cold. And my the only option I have is this room, and there are no heating vents in this room. And my printer is up against a basement wall, basically, so it is cold over there. I was worried about it. If it gets any colder, I think I would have to maybe put a space heater around. But as of right now, it's 66 degrees and 60, I think it was, might have been 68 degrees when that thing actually printed. It printed fine. No problems. Um, Scott's basements, I know, is a lot warmer than mine. So it's not like, not like hmm. this. Um, and we just mentioned it. Are you using the Elegoo or Anycubic wash and cure systems? I am using the Anycubic. Scott got an Anycubic wash and cure. I really think it it's worth the extra money. It it really, I think, helps. Um, the Elegoo one looks pretty cool. I was I almost thought about moving it. I like that little tiny cylinder one they have for little parts. I was thinking of maybe trying that. But I think I, I would, if you're getting a Saturn, I would spend the extra money and get the wash and cure. Like, I think it's well worth the money. Um, Scott, anything you want to add to that? No, I, I'll agree. I do a step as well. I'm trying to find a bigger container, though, because when I first started, I would take my build plate and literally just take it off the printer, drop it into the anticubic wash and cure, balance it on the basket there, and I would turn it I would turn it on and that's how I would yeah. rinse my stuff. And it was awesome. Then I'd pull the plate off and then I'd I'd knock the pieces off the plate and that was it. Now I've I've taken to and it was a from our friend Jamie Sai a a pre dunk basically because what that does is it it makes the and I use denatured alcohol and I think Jason does as well makes the stuff in the washing cure last a little longer because you get the initial loose resin off in the pre-dunk. And, um, but in order to, my pre-dunk container is, you know, because you want something that seals. You don't want the fumes escaping all the time. You don't want to store it against your furnace. Yeah, and I've had no problem. But, um, so... You sidetracked me. So I'm looking for a bigger one so I could still dump my whole plate in it and then take my whole plate and put it in the wash and cure. But for the time being, I got to scrape the plate pieces off now and dunk them and then put them in the wash and cure loose. And um, I just like doing it the other way. That's the only drawback I have. But I really do like the pre-dunk um, system and, and getting the uh, stuff out of there so yeah uh the other thing that we bought we both bought and we've used it in different ways is the distiller to recycle uh, recycle our alcohol i -hmm. think that should be everyone's third purchase i'm not even kidding because the amount of cleaning solution cleaning alcohol you go through recycling any little bit of it i think is going to save you some money in the long run and that thing's going to pay for itself scott bought it first and he just like hey dude get this and you get it off of Amazon. It's an alcohol distiller, tabletop, and it works great. Like it just works great. And Jason hasn't burnt himself yet. So, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, let me continue. Hold on, because there's other stuff in here. Uh, my current area is probably right at the minimum temp to be printing, 
and it might slip lower at times. Just looking for ideas there. Uh, also, I really don't like my curing chamber I got, and my ultrasonic cleaner is only okay as far as I can tell. So contemplating numerous options, just annoyed that they announce a bigger printer, but not a bigger wash and cure setups. I have a feeling that's coming. Oh, yeah. Shortly thereafter that printer's out. I have yeah. a feeling. But and yeah, technically I, the, the probably printing the same not thing. designed for the Saturn. No. But it does no. fit. The yeah. the build plate does fit in there. You can actually, and if you wanted, we could do it for you. Um, you can filament print some adapters for it so that you can just set it on the basket yeah. that's in the and that's another thing that's good about the washing cure station. It's got a basket. So when stuff's done, if you don't put the whole thing in there like I used to, and you just drop parts in there. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I just put the parts. Um when you're done, you can pull the basket up. And it's like a French fry basket. You pull yeah. it up and you let the stuff drain for a little bit. What I'm surprised no one has done yet, all you thingy verse people that might be watching, is a little something that I could hook on the uh, container to hook the basket on and let stuff drain out. Um, yeah. You know, but um, yeah. So it, it's, those are the... Uh, and then uh, he continues producing. So for my comments, you've likely figured out that I have various kits I'd like to either see made or maybe even produce myself. Right now, I'm still in the early stages. Have a list of characters, scenes I'd like. Now trying to decide on the next step. If you were to pick for a bust of a character from a live action movie, would you go clay or would you go 3D digital? In my mind, I want to learn digital so I can always replace my master or do prints if only selling one a year, a.k.a. not worth molding or keeping it molded? Scott, I'll let you answer that. I think so far what I've seen, that it's still hard to beat a clay sculpt for a likeness. However, there are a few out there that we've seen that are really close or really good. So... I think it's possible to do it digitally, but you got to be really good. You got to be really good. And so I, let's take the Frankenstein monster, for example. There's a few of them out there. And I've yet to see one that would beat a Jeff Yeager yep. sculpted one. As far as likeness goes, there's not one out there. Jeff killed like, Okay. Most. That being said, Jeff can yeah. sculpt the monster in his sleep. But that being said, there are some guys that have hit some likenesses. Um, remember that one, the one that's on there that everything was in red and he had a Loki. There's some so, amazing likenesses. Okay, out so there. there are some good likenesses out there. The Johnny I got from Cobra Kai is dead on. Yes. Dead on. So so the answer to the question is yes and yes. But okay. I, I think what he's more going to like producing wise. What's the best way to produce it? Well, first of all, if you produce a clay skull, the very first thing you should do is pour yourself a master, put it in a box, and put it away so you can remold it. Okay, because the clay skull may not last forever. So pour yourself a master and stick it in a box somewhere, and that way. You can remold. You always have that to remold. Okay. 
That being said, yes, to digitally sculpt something and you could just go print it whenever you want. Well, that's the advantage of the game. That's the game. That's the advantage of it. And it's if you can get a good likeness, sure, that's the way to go and print them as you go. But it, let's say a hundred people want your bust. Well, then, then it's then you're to better print off on molding it. Then you're cast. better off printing it. Yeah, because it's hard. Yes, you're going to be printing for nonstop for a year. <laughs> like, yes, and and again. And I think I've said this before, and, and Jason knows this. I'll explain it. There's two kinds of printing, obviously. There's filament printing and there's resin print. Okay. And they print, both print in layers. Okay. Resin printing, it doesn't matter if you fill that whole build plate or have one little piece. If It, it goes by height. Okay. However tall it is. So the taller it is, I don't know how, how long it took you to print that thing back there but i'm guessing in the 12 13 hour range the mug or what uh no the the girl uh the bottom oh, of the that girl. was thir- the skirt by itself was 13 hours so that's 13 hours okay mm-hmm. so if you're doing even a one six scale bust you may fit three on a build plate at a time but you're gonna be running your printer for about eight hours just to make three yeah how many can you make traditionally molding and casting in resin so again it, it's going to depend now, if you want to just say, all right, I'll mold and cast them. And then once the molds are shot, if someone wants one in the future, I'll print one. Sure, you could do it that way too. Okay. Yeah. Now, the difference with a filament printer is on a resin printer, this thing, the Benchy, um, I think on a resin printer, that would be a three or four hour print just because of height. Okay. And don't forget, you'd have supports. And, and your base so you know and just this little chimney would probably add a half hour to your print mm-hmm. okay this prints on a filament printer what was this an hour and a half an hour and hour, a half, hour, yeah. okay and the reason being is on a filament printer you're printing by volume okay so volume means how much material okay so height has nothing to do with it it's how much material where resin printing is all about the height. It's all about the height. Yep, about layers. So I don't know if that helps, but. Yeah, I, I think it does a little bit. He also said, I've got so many different kits I want from quarter scale busts to wall hangers or similar in large scale uh, to ships and some possibly unique ideas I haven't seen in the past five years. I would say pick one of those ideas, pick your favorite and just go for it. If you want to sculpt it yourself, you're going to have to learn how to do that. If you want to pay someone else. There's plenty of people. We had Eric on here. Reach out to Eric. Reach out to any of the other sculptors and, and just hit them up and see what it would do, what it would take to get that made. So the more kits out there, the better. The more 3D files out there, the better that fall into stuff we like, I think, the better. Um, but that's it. That's our emails today, Scott. That's our show, Scott. Aren't you happy it's over? Fuck. For good? No. <laughs> Not yet. So that was the show, Scott. We do have uh, some new people that sent in stuff for the user ga- or the said it again, the viewers gallery uh, at the end, and uh, some great stuff from Kendall Conniff, a, a thing in progress that he's working on. Uh, and thank you everybody that sends pictures in. We do appreciate it. Um, Scott, I think that's it. Have we solved all the world's problems today? 
I want people to hit that like button. I want people to subscribe if they haven't subscribed. And this is something we haven't talked about yet. Okay. But when these Rondo Awards come by, oh, let's yeah. see if we can't get yeah, nominated. If we could get nominated for a Rondo Award, that would be that, awesome. That would be amazing. I don't want to, you know, we, we look like we're fishing for that, but that would be funny as hell if we were. Um, oh. The email is modelclubtv at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Uh, if you would like to send us a voicemail, that number is 708-816-4299. So thank you all very much for watching today. And That's 10 numbers, huh? Yeah. Is it? Surprised Brian Clark can fucking dial that many numbers at one time. Thanks, fucking everybody. All right. We'll, okay. see, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye, bro.